you getting yourself ready for our show? Guys, Bobby Rose Beef here. We have an amazing show, but a very short show this week. Uh, I am currently in the throes of some of the worst tooth pain I have ever, ever had in my life. So I'm looking to wrap this sucker up, uh, take a deep dive into Grampy Sleepy Tonic. We're going tincture, so I don't need to chew anything. And then uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, just call it a night real quick. But we have an amazing show for you guys uh, this week. We have the one, the only Texas bass babe, uh, Tiffany Leal with us, and uh, we, we dive into a lot of good stuff that we're excited to share with you guys. I got Sean the Fisherman here with me, guys. We have uh, just uh, as much show as we can possibly squeeze into as little a time as possible. Sit right back and uh, get ready. We'll be right back after this. It is so difficult to be entertaining when I just want to smash my mouth with a hammer. Um, like, this is terrible. This is awful. So I'm really hoping I can get an uh, appointment made real quick with, uh, with uh, an emergency dentist nearby and uh, get this shit straightened out because this is not fun. Uh, how are you, Sean? Jesus, better than you. It better sounds. than me. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this was. Uh, I'll, I'll do some talking here today, Bobby, because I know you're in the seventh level of hell with your your tooth there. Um, so you you and I talked real quick. You mm -hmm. know, shot a message back and forth saying, "Hey, let's let's record a usual time." And then, you know, we got a couple minutes ago. I got the fuck it. We got to do this now. Yeah. I go to bed. And I'm, dude, that sucks. Uh, Toothaches are no fun. They're miserable. Um, when this is all done, when you feel better. Yeah. Not right now, but when you feel better. We're going into one of my top five Christmas movies, and we're pulling clips about the fucking dentist from Rudolph the Red, <laughs> Red Nose Reindeer. <laughs> yeah, you're not kidding, man. We're, we're going to have a little fun with that, but right now, <laughs> let's run through this real quick. Um, it's real easy. This week, guess what I did? Nothing. Basketball. basketball. Yeah, basketball. Nothing fishing related. Um, with the holidays coming up, obviously, we've got Christmas coming up next week. Yep. Um, basketball has screwed up this year one of my traditions really, really badly. But That's right. We talked about that. Yes. Once your mouth is healed, I was able to slap something together. Okay. Oh. Normal. Okay. Normal. Yeah. A couple of my cousins decided to, to say, "Hey, we'll come help you out. We want to make sure we have this shit ready for Christmas." Sure. And they were. They basically said, "We'll leave Sunday open. Call us when you're ready." Said. I said, "Okay." Um. So we grabbed the ingredients. We did, and it, actually. This is really weird. I'm not going to get too deep into it, but there's a particular brand and style of um, flour I use, which you know sounds weird mm -hmm. to anybody else, but you, you and I know what's going on um, that I have to do because of, unfortunately, the things that happen with my body when I eat normal flour. Um, I grabbed, I went looking last, my wife called me up. She was, she was literally canvassing Western Mass looking for this shit. Yep. She couldn't find it, and I had to find a substitute quick. I found the substitute at a local store. <laughs> I walked yep. over to the aisle this morning after the basketball game or late this morning or noon, whatever the hell it was. 
And I had the opportunity to do something that I love doing at supermarkets and stores. I looked real quick at the shelf, saw how many there were on there, put my whole arm in and just swept the whole fucking thing right out. Nice. So I grabbed that. Um, we did make our Christmas pierogies, obviously a much smaller amount this year. Yep. But, 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 but guess what I, guess what I grabbed from Nelson this week? Beaver? No. Oh, that would have been great. I grabbed venison venison nice so when you're feeling better when you're feeling up to it when you yep. when your your jaw has not been fucking knocked loose you i could sir, i could use a good knock uh, loose knocking of the jaw i could <laughs> well, call trebek um i can't what I have read, <laughs> you're the right. fucker died <laughs> call, call blossom <laughs> Maya be Alex gonna get me with a fucking right hook. <laughs> I'm trying to keep this quick to okay. make you laugh. I it's know. all right. No, no, no. The laughter and the talking is fine. That's that's actually all right. Oh. The, you, I'll tell you what the worst part of this shit is. You know how like when you have a, a, a tooth that that hurts or, or something that's off in your mouth, your tongue yep. just does not fucking leave it alone. Yes. Ever. Yes. You know what I mean. And that's the problem. Is I have like this the worst like pain from that constantly messing with it. like i wake uh, up in the morning and i'm not going to say it's great but it's the best it's going to be all day you know and i was able to eat breakfast but it seems like as soon as i eat something you know and let's let's face it your boy's only going to miss so many meals yep um as soon as i eat something it starts to get agitated and it just gets worse and worse and worse and it is it's from me just messing with it and that just adds to it so like i've got pain all along my jaw here uh, i know what the tooth is like i can numb it but that doesn't help the headache from it oh my god it's awful yeah it's terrible well, like i said you know what you got coming to you how do i say this narcotics uh Jalapeno bacon cheddar venison pierogi. Oh, very nice. That's that's sexy. That's it. It, it was good. Mm -hmm. It was like we we slapped a couple together and they were fucking good. That's so awesome. I'll I'll set you aside a dozen. You and Sweet. Holly can knock them down. Fucking or hell, a. you're working through pain, dude. You you know if you have to eat them in front of Holly, you know, I understand. We'll see how it goes. I will say that original brand of of flour that you were mentioning, that's like not only is it, you know, that one variety specifically aids to your dietary needs, but that brand is probably the most sought after brand of baking uh provisions that that anybody who is worth their salt as a baker would spend their money on. It is it is like hot and high so it being sold out i'm not surprised you know well it looks like the specific type of flour for the yeah. use i was you know it looks like they they discontinued that making model oh, really there's all sorts of banana bread you fucking muffins yeah. you name it but not the bread and pizza mix so i had to use another brand that i used to use and things oh, no worked shit. out okay you'll you'll be fine but we huh. we like i said i got my my cousins came over me and my wife and i uh my uh, my youngest girlfriend came over and helped us all out. We just knocked the shit out for a couple hours, and it wasn't like like you 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 and Holly pinched with us last year, and it was yep. like pleasurable. It was a social gathering, yeah. and that didn't happen. This was fucking. What do we got to do? Let's How get much this time done. Do we got? Yeah. yeah, it was put the fucking world. The World Cup ended, so thank God for that. That's done. Um, did you um two two things of note? We have not talked about the World Cup. Two things of note. Did you hear what the Americans were chanting against Britain when they played? I heard something about it. Like I heard it was just like, oh god, what what happened? 
Oh, it's G-rated. Oh, all right. They were, they were simply chanting. You heard the whole section from the Americans go, it's called soccer. It's called soccer. <laughs> that's fucking funny. Yeah, that's pretty good. But, but it doesn't have to be the you know the the english uh, that they're they're competing it could literally be every other team yeah, <laughs> you exactly. know it works it works for everybody it's but like, it's funnier because the british know what we're saying <laughs> oh that's true too yeah 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 because your average ecuador fan doesn't give a shit no you know don't, yeah i don't care um and then the uh the other thing <clears throat> obviously <laughs> one today argentina won. i'd say congrats but I, I just don't care my kids play yeah. soccer i tell them to play soccer because they stay in shape in the fall that's it yeah like yeah, there's yeah. not a lot of uh, offerings that are my kids' school. It's smaller. There's no football program, and mm-hmm. I wouldn't honestly let them play football anyways because um, not because I'm worried about the the hits, the damage, anything like that. Well, I kind of am in a different way because oh, yeah. my kids are like me, where there is not a lot of meat on their bones. For a kid in high school who's you know younger and just over not even 125 pounds playing against 18 year old men, I mean that's just yeah exactly. There's who's toughening take a kid the up to and there's. Hit? Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's mm-hmm. there's toughening a kid up, and they're sacrificing them to an adult. And yeah, I, and it, you know, I wouldn't do that. But um, so the other thing about the World Cup, I think I sent you this that reel. Did you see the reel I sent about? I think I did send it to you. I think so. Um, a gentleman standing there with a dry erase board, or or uh, yes. an imp- and he's talking about if the if the U.S. gave a shit about soccer, what our starting lineup would look like. Yeah. <laughs> It was LeBron James in goal because he's tall. He's the the prototypical modern athlete. Yep, and he likes to tell people what to do. True. And then the rest the rest of the field was all uh, either NBA players mm-hmm. or NFL wide receivers and cornerbacks. Yep. Which, yeah, it would be like <sighs> giants among men. Um, he's right. It won't ever happen. But yeah. Be cool oh yeah. Because you need. Yeah. I. It wouldn't yeah. ever happen. Yeah. I. <laughs> I know. And that's just physically. I mean, obviously, yeah. soccer has its own set of skills that you develop over time. Oh, for sure. Like a lot of fucking running, like nonstop. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you'd, exactly. You'd be better off if you want to really line up a team. You go down to your your local like Coke rehab center, and you get those guys on there. You just get, gum them up and let them go. Well, you know, because there's so just, much running. I did not plan on talking about soccer at all, but I will say this. My my youngest is currently in a, um, well, was currently in a, uh, an indoor soccer league during Mm -hmm. basketball. So they had small number of games, six games. Yep. And when he got into this league, and this is just up to two days ago, um, one of his teammates on the basketball team who doesn't even play soccer said, Mm -hmm. Hey, a bunch of guys are getting a team together. You want to join us? My son said, sure. He asked me, obviously we had to work through the, yeah the coach um, for basketball and I had to say, you know, is everything okay with this? How do you approach this? Obviously there was a long talk with all the kids about if you get an injury at another sport when you're supposed to be playing varsity basketball, blah, 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 et cetera. Exactly. Um, Yeah. Don't miss practices. Well, when I went to the first game, this indoor soccer league, these teams were comprised of local high school teams. All right. That, Oh, that's right. Yeah. You mentioned this. This was not a joking around league. No. This was this was kids that play soccer that don't play a winter sport and they continue mm-hmm. to play soccer indoors. Yep. Well, what happened Friday was they played against the best team in Western Mass. Oh yeah. It was a varsity team that generally makes the states every year. They're insane. And I at halftime, I pulled my son over um at the indoor place. It's got a netting everywhere and I said, yep. This is a joke. Like, but seriously, watch your ass because these guys are kicking hard. Oh yeah, absolutely. 
two minutes into the second half, he's playing defense. One of the kids from midfield rifled one. He was about 30 feet away from it. He turned his head. The ball missed the back of his head by about maybe a foot. He goes, I felt it go by my head. Yeah, like, that's when you know. Yeah, <laughs> when you feel that wind, yeah. I said, all right, this was your last game. You're not risking basketball for this shit. Yeah, goes, it's not. Okay, that's I'm, the thing. I'm good. <laughs> that's good. That's good. You know, he sees the value and what what could potentially be lost in, you know, a very young, you know, ba- basketball career, you know, at the high school level. That's 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 a good thing. Yeah, that was uh Fuck. I mean, if he would have taken that off the head, that was a concussion with no. Yeah. He was un- he wasn't he didn't have his arm up. Yep. He wasn't looking at the ball. That would have yeah. been right in the side totally of the would have gotten out. him without even any any awareness of it just happening. Just like boom. And that actually may have been a better thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um man, that's wild. I had uh I had an interesting weekend this weekend. Um I did no fishing at all this week. Um it kind of killed me, honestly. I um I was playing around with the idea of going out and doing some trout fishing, but I had a corporate event coming up on, on this Friday that uh, some of the details didn't really get ironed out with until the very end, but I managed to put it all together, and the, the group is amazing. So I uh, went out to um, uh, the Canton area and did uh, an office party in their office. It was it was awesome. Little game show, had a lot of fun. They did, like, they, they absolutely loved it. And I made great time when I got there, and I found a pond <laughs> right nearby <laughs> on my way. Because I was looking at the map, and I was like, "What? what's up with that over there? So I went and did a little bit of recon. Um, the little bit of uh, – there was no skim ice or anything, but it was it was dumping rain. And this was like – I'll tell you what. You want to talk about a, a, a true contrast in conditions – so out where I was in the eastern part of the state, open water on on the on the ponds that I had traveled by, uh, dumping rain, crazy rain. Locally here, we had for the most part sleet and rain most of yep. the day. Um, my wife and I went out for dinner last night to Great Barrington, Mass, up to Shears, and I'm going to tell you guys. So uh, when when my wife and I like when we had gotten up yesterday morning. All of the snow that was in our neighborhood was gone. It had all been rained away, and it was just, it was gone. So, you know, we had no snow on any vehicles locally, nothing. We drove 30 minutes from our house, and then we started seeing what was an ungodly amount of snow that had fallen just in the foothills of the Berkshires. And as you got further out, it was like... It was that heavy snow that sticks really well, stuck to all the trees. Like the roads were good and clear. And actually, I had like was a little concerned. Maybe we'd get some slick conditions, like black ice, on the way back uh, as things started to cool down. But not the case. Like the roads were in great shape. Everything was awesome. They don't fuck around in the Berkshires when it comes to snow removal. No, like they get right to it. It's like Colorado level. Like I was blown away when I was in Colorado seeing the way that they clear snow. Like. It's just a thing. It just happens. You know, they, they expect it. So Holly and I take this ride out there, and she's marveling at this. She's like, I can't believe it. It's like a different – it's like we got on a plane. You know what I mean? It's it's wild. And I was just like, you know, Friday I was out on the eastern part of the States. There's open water, you know? And, I mean, it is just – what a, what a crazy, crazy, crazy setup. And it tells you how much of a role elevation plays in all of this stuff. It really, really, really makes it very apparent. But let's get to the food because I know that's what you guys come to this podcast for. <laughs> so my wife, I uh, this is back in like the summer. 
I had made a suggestion that we go to a steakhouse in Great Barrington, and we never ended up going. I don't know what the reason was for it, but we never ended up going and never ended up making a reservation or anything. And uh, we, you know, I said to my wife, I said, well, look, I said, I've got this weekend off. I go, you want to go out for dinner Friday night? She's like, no, 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 no. She's like, maybe Saturday, though. Maybe we can go out Saturday night. I said, okay, cool. We'll just chill out at home on Friday. It'll be fun. It'll be great. Everyone will have a good time. And then on Saturday, we're, you know, going to go together in the evening. So I made a reservation at this steakhouse. It's called the number 10 steakhouse. It's in Great Barrington. It's right next to the, I believe it's called the Mahiwi uh, Theater. And, um, the, the night that we were there, actually, when I called to make the reservation, there was a big show that was lined up. There was a jazz guitar player there named John Pizzarelli. You ever hear of him, Sean? I've not. Have no. you ever have you ever seen a Foxwoods commercial where the guy has a guitar and he goes, "The wonder of it all." Yes, yes, that that's guy. John Pizzarelli. That is oh, wow. him. Yeah. So I mean, he does all kinds of stuff. He's got like I've heard a handful of his Beatles covers that are really, really good. Like he plays like you know that 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 big fat hollow body guitar, like that Gretsch Bigsby kind of stuff, and it yep. just it sounds great. My wife does not have any time for that. So, but they were they were crazy about their reservations because the show was just going to get packed. So we made like a seven thirty or a seven o'clock reservation is what we made. And uh, Holly says, "Well, let's go up to Great Barrington and kind of like meander around a little bit. Maybe grab like a coffee beforehand, or maybe go and grab a bite to eat." Now she and I have never been to Great Barrington before. No idea what the area is like. What a great little place. In fact. If I, I wish I would have counted the times that that Holly said, this is a really cute little downtown. <laughs> I wish I would have because this plays into fishing. Um, what happened is this. So we go out to this little bar for a couple of uh, we'll call them pre-gaming cocktails and a small charcuterie board. We go over to this spot. It's called Moon Cloud. Um, Moon Cloud is hip as fuck. Like, it is way, way cooler of a place than I belong in. <laughs> and I went in and, you know, we, we sat down and I ordered, a, 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 what was it? It was a kind of a regional rye on the rocks. And Holly had ordered a, a gin cocktail. She tried another one and then they'd run out of the rye I was drinking. So they made a recommendation, this other one that's, that's, that's distilled in Berkshire County, which is actually even better. So we had a couple of cocktails, had ourselves a little, you know, meat and cheese spread with a little hot copa, some of these um, uh, scallops in this like tomato, tomato garlic kind of sauce. Uh, what else did we have with it? We had pickled beets and this cheese. I forget the name of it. I will get the name of it and put it out there somewhere. But we've had this cheese before and it's like a brie style cheese, but it is so buttery and not funky like i love a good funky brie this is a different kind of animal like it's almost like a cream cheese meets butter oh it's it really is like you know how like everybody like when you're a kid you're like oh yeah look little pats of butter on the table oh this is delicious we went through this with my kids and your parents are always like you're gonna die <laughs> don't do that um this is almost well, like I somebody was like do that <laughs> so you're saying you 
put little hats on them? I put little hats. <laughs> I put little hats on a tiny little piece of toast with a, with a little scallop, and then I ate them. Um, I had to chew on one half of my mouth, uh, which kind. Of, and I was really hoping that all that whiskey, because I had like three of them. I was really hoping it was going to like numb things down a little bit. No. Nothing at all. On the ride home, it was brutal because I ate a steak after that. Oh, chewy. But I can tell you what, this ribeye fell apart in my mouth. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. So let's back up a little bit. I pulled a Sean the Fisherman. I was so impressed with this bar, Moon Cloud, I bought a hat. (laughs) You bought I bought a little piece of butter. I bought I bought a hat. No, it didn't have a little butter, but I did. I kept kept sliding down to the side. Like I think the body heat was melting it. No, <laughs> um, no, it's actually it was really nice, like uh, uh, flex fit, um, like fitted wool blend uh, flat bill cap with their logo off to the side. And uh, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, this is this is good. I, I like this. This this I can get down with. Um, so then, you know, we have about, we finish up everything and I'm like, I'm not going to have another drink. I, I was like, if you want to have another one, we can hang out, you know? And, and she's like, no, 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 no. Cause I'm going to have a drink with dinner. So I said, okay. I said, why don't we take the long way around the block and go over to the restaurant there and kind of check that out. This is how we stumbled on the fact that John Pizzarelli was performing at that theater. Because as we came around, we saw the marquee and that marquee is in amazing shape for how old that theater is. Like, there wasn't a single bulb out on the entire. It was so bright and brilliant. It was amazing. So we get over to the restaurant. We walk around a little bit. We're like, we're, we're a little bit early. I said, look, why don't we go in? And if we can't get our table early, let's just grab maybe a seat or two at the bar and hang out until our table's ready. Because it was like 30 minutes. It wasn't a big deal. So we roll in. And we talk to the guy at the door who was the owner. And he says, uh, he says, yeah, he's like, he's like, well, he's like, we won't have your table ready till seven o'clock, but you guys are definitely more than welcome to hang out at the bar, grab a drink. He says, actually, there's two guys over there. And I think this, this stretch of three, they're all getting ready to pay their tab. So just hang out over here, grab a seat when they open it up. So we go over, we sit down, we order a drink. I order another rye. This is a bullet. This is number three. And my wife orders, I think, uh, a Hendrix and soda and, we ordered the same uh, steak. We each ordered a, a 14 ounce ribeye. I got mine done rare. She did hers medium rare, and they came out exactly the way they should. Nice. She ordered, um, what was it? Cream spinach. And I ordered uh, sauteed mushrooms. And then I ordered uh, steak, uh, steak frites. I ordered uh, fries, truffle fries, for the two of us to split. I should also say I started my meal high for and the even the bread was like okay so these are the local bakeries that we've got on our bread plate right here I was like oh my god out of this world man out of this world that steak as much pain as I had on this side of my mouth this side of my mouth was like unbelievably happy who's our who's our guest again this week Guy Fieri (laughs) pretty much should be (laughs) Texas Bass Babe, man. And it's a good, it's a great interview. It really is. There's shit that I didn't, well, I, I, I kind of love learning a little bit about our guests in the interview. Like some of those reactions where I'm like, really? Holy shit. Like those, that's real. I didn't realize how early in her competitive career that that third place win came from for her. Oh, really? Yeah, it was within that first year. But when you listen to it, I don't want to give it away. When you listen to it, you'll be, you'll be amazed. And she is... 
so unbelievably humble and so unbelievably like at the same time confident with what she does like tiffany is legit and i guess she was telling me uh, remember remember seeing that reel where tiffany and coley were side by side with that vacation song playing and they had shots of fireball well apparently yeah. that trip like tiffany got her pb on Oh, no shit. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's pretty awesome, man. Coley's kind of like a good luck charm. That's awesome. And, and there might be something to that. When you have the hook set hoodlums team members fishing together, amazing shit happens. Because that's how it went down with myself and Dabari. You know? Yeah. It, it yeah. is. It's 100% how it went down. It, did, have I told you the extent of my, my interactions with, with Cupcake? No. <laughs> is she like, She's very nice. She seems to have a laugh. All I do is send her any ridiculous reel that comes up on Instagram that has anything to do with ducks. It's all her. Done deal. Yeah. She just gets a laugh and like, she's all right, a duck that, mom. that guy, the fisherman up there in Massachusetts, yep. he's a moron, but he's the duck guy. Um, so the reason why I talk about the Berkshires and I'm like, I mean, we had an amazing time and, and we're a hundred percent going to go back to both of these establishments. And I would recommend, I think, I think you would love it, Sean. I really, really do. I think it's at a level two where at this point, they 100% will cater to whatever kind of needs you've got going down with, with no issues. And uh, it was kind of cool. I was like, oh, this is a pretty nice little spot. So I'm having this conversation with Holly, and I said, wow, this is a really nice area, isn't it? She's like, yeah. I was like, well, the Berkshires are a big tourist spot. Like a lot of people who come up here, like obviously in the fall, you know, but you got uh, Butternut that's right there. So you have a little bit of a ski crowd up there, not like Vermont or anything like that. And I mean, I know, yeah, I know we have listeners all over the all over the world, and I'm sure that some of these folks are thinking like, uh, asshole, East Coast skiing has nothing on Colorado or, you know, even European skiing or something. But it's still like there's there's still tourism in the winter, you know, to some extent. You know, I think there's a lot of day trippers that are going up there in the winter, but there's people that are kind of milling about. Um, and then, you know, the summers are gorgeous. Like the Berkshires yep. has a lot of fresh water going on a lot. And there's a lot of recreation. So I had a little chat with Queen Queen Beef and I said, how would you feel about like maybe just calling a vacation like we'll get a lake house on an airbnb up here i'll take both kayaks if you get in one great if you don't whatever like at night we can go do shit like this yeah. during the day i'll go and fish and you know what she's saying this is this is a hard sell for my wife she's like oh a hundred percent i could hang out with my little derpy gray boston terrier in this beautiful lake house while you go and have a great time and then we can go have steaks and cocktails later. And I'm like, wow. that's amazing. Bravo. So we might have to make a uh, family, uh, the fisherman slash beef family pilgrimage up the shears and do something like that. And I'm thinking, I dropped the, uh, the hint to uh, Wild Bill that we already kind of had have the workings of what could make for an amazing event and we'd like to kind of include that as part of hoodlum fest you guys aren't hearing any exclusive information now but bill says he loves the idea but we should talk we're going to talk soon It'll probably be this week after i get this shit fucking ripped out of my skull um <laughs> <laughs> i'm laughing i feel so bad this whole time i've been quiet it's okay you know, it, it you know helps if i just fucking keep going it's so weird man i go to trivia and i walk out and i'm like yeah my freaking tooth is a little bit tender it's giving me a problem 
it just it's then it's all right. Like while I'm eating, it'll gent. Well, tonight was a different story. I tried to eat some some noodles, and I was like, I can't do this. Oh yeah, like well, I can't do this. What I've been quiet about is, and this is medical history stuff, so I don't mind yep. it. But like it's me, I had braces growing up. Right? Yes, I've had every conceivable injury. Not a lot of broken bones, but broken jaw, broken nose. Uh-huh. Had, obviously, I'm working on my second right now. Yeah. Um, but I've never had a cavity and never had a tooth. I've so. I've never had a cavity either oh, in either. my entire oh, okay. life. Never. Um, I have I I have pretty decent teeth. Like I and I my my issue is that as an adult I got really lazy about like like I still have all my wisdom teeth. They oh, really? they never bothered me. My mother was the same way. I think she still got hers. They never bothered her. And I'm not sure about my dad. He 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 probably still has his too. But yeah, they never bothered me. I think my sister had hers removed. Holly's had hers removed. Um, you know, it was just one of those things where like I can remember when I was about 18, 19, I'm at the dentist and they're like, Oh yeah, you got wisdom teeth coming in here. We should get those out. And I was like, Well, why? And they're like, Cause they're there. <laughs> I was like, we get paid to. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, ah, I don't know about that. So, yeah, it's just like, yeah, I'm not big on tooth pain. I've never really had to deal with this kind of shit. But the other kind of stuff, yeah. Even my wife, who my wife is a medical professional. Um, she's done some shit. And even her, like, I like to say her bedside manner for the f- people in her family isn't necessarily the greatest, and I question how sh- this could possibly work for her uh, in her chosen field. Even her today, she was like, I feel so bad. That is the worst kind of pain. Like, I've been uh, fumbling around the house before when I had shingles, which is nerve pain. Like, I had a prescription for Percocets for that. It was uh, so bad. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, oh my God. Although it did start getting better as soon as I started taking the antiviral, but like I didn't get that that level of of, of uh, sympathy from from Queen Beef then, but now I was like, wow, no kidding. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely Sucks, crazy. Man. I just I, want to go out and like mouth off to the wrong person and freaking punch me in the face and then the tooth's gone. Go get a string. You got a door in a house or what? Oh, it's that's the thing. It's not loose. Oh. no, this is going to be an extraction. Like this, it's oh. it's not loose. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's a mess. <laughs> did, I ever, did I ever tell you when I when I left Bernie's right after I had my little college adventure and I started becoming somewhat of an adult and working yep. a, an adult job? I worked at a factory and I worked with a guy, great oh, guy. Yeah, right? he had he had a tooth that was rotten. It was one of his upper canines. It was like one of those teeth you see that's like black and green and all sorts yep. of state of decay, right? Yeah, and he called it a shit tooth. Like for the whole, I worked with him for like two years. Ah, I got this shit tooth. I got to get rid of it. He eventually did get it pulled, but he called it a shit tooth. I'm like, all right, if you're going to call it a shit tooth, I'll call it. It's a, shit a fucking tooth. shit tooth. Yeah. I get into the military and I'm talking with a guy that just gets to my shop. He's older than me, mm-hmm. he's bigger than me. He's from Tennessee and he doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> he goes, I got this tooth here. I got, or no, I, I said, I was telling a story about this guy and I said, yeah, he had this fucking shit tooth. And I didn't even think about it when I said the way it, it came out. Yeah. Yeah. And the Tennessee guy just lifts his his lip up like this and goes, you mean like this one right here? And I'm sitting looking at him. I go, yeah, that's pretty much a shit tooth. <laughs> I had nowhere to go. He didn't fight me, which was good. I was friends with him. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. He was not happy when I called his mouth a shit tooth. You mean like this right here? <laughs> <laughs> dude, he went like this, though. Real silly. You mean like this right here? That's yeah. fucking great, dude. That is definitely a shit tooth. You have confirmed it. <laughs> 
Oh, my God. I just can't wait to get this thing ripped out of my freaking head. But regardless, I, I think this is great. So, like, go Berkshires. <laughs> you guys are making more and more a fan out of Bobby Rose Beef. Like, every month that goes by, we took a, oh, it was a nice drive back. Like, it was amazing. This was so amazing because I went, we, we passed by spots that we had fished together. And I was like, oh, yeah, fishing's great over here. Such and such. This is a great point or blah, blah, blah. And she's like, uh, I even put John Pizzarelli on Spotify to drive home. And she does <laughs> not dig on any kind of jazz, anything. I was like, who is this woman? <laughs> did she uh, say when you're when you're talking about fishing spots and then with the the music on? Did she say get me home? No, I couldn't okay. believe it. That's what I'm saying. I was like, wow, that's wild. So fantastic. Well, uh, we'll spend more time up in the Berkshires this year, man. Yeah. I mean, I got spots up there. I like that. I like to hit that are enjoyable. I'll just take you to a few. You know how I have been like this last year. I've really been focused on that. Like, going to get out twice a week in the kayak. Everything else, I'm debating making that one of two things, either sticking to the same thing, but I'm going to break up where I'm going. I'm not going to the same body of water every single time. I'm going to just dedicate, like, this is the day, this is the day. Maybe I might add a third, and it'll be one of those, like, super local spots. So I'm debating. I'm like, maybe I'll throw a third in there and try and stick to three, and we'll see what happens. But When it comes up there, when it comes to to hitting, like, once you get past the foothills, yeah. I'm a forty. I'm a forty. Forty to forty-five minute drive away from the nearest one, and then yep. it's just a string when you hit that first one. That's, oh yeah. You know, <laughs> what we do the fifty-seven run with was all is all those, all those um, small bodies of water yep. on Route fifty-seven. They're all over the place, and uh, they never get old. There's always one that's got some sort of a massive bite going on. You know what I mean? Like oh yeah. You go to one is you're not. It's not clicking, but you go to the next one, and they're all so different. They're also there's yes, so many little exactly. nuances. Um, one of them is going to turn up fish. So I, that's why I like that so much. Like, I, you know, in between the first one and the last one, yeah, that's probably about 45 minutes in itself. Yep. But 45 minutes to get up there is, is decent. You know, that's covers a lot of ground. So, oh, definitely, man. It's, it's freaking, it, it's bananas. There's two things I want to make sure to mention in here. Um, one of them is that, uh, so we're on the, the very verge right now of hitting 14K followers on Instagram. We haven't seen this much growth in months on our Instagram profile. It's been a lot of like staying kind of steady um, for the most part, but I mean, we have we've had some significant growth. So I think that is freaking absolutely amazing, and uh, I'm excited about it. Now, the other thing is this: um, we had a little reason to celebrate this week because we yeah. hit. 69,000 listens, total listens of the podcast, uh, total number of plays from the beginning of the show way back in 2020. It was absolutely amazing and very, very cool. And thank you guys, because it truly would not happen. I, I listen to every episode at least once. <laughs> You know what I mean? So I'm probably good for 140 of those. But like, in all seriousness, the mass of the listeners that are out there, 69,000. We're already up to 69.3 in like the last handful of days. So you guys are listening to the show. It means a shitload to us. I can definitely tell that that tincture is starting to kick in because I feel a little bit better. Um, But the gibberish is coming. Before I forget... I had a conversation with uh, a handful of different people today about putting together some some really good events. In fact, this initial conversation was with Noel Roth. 
Um, oh, I was talking okay. with her yesterday before we had left for dinner, and uh, we had a great conversation. I'll, 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 I'll bridge you. Some of this shit we're not going to talk about on the show. We had a really, really, really great conversation, though, and uh, I'll share that with you. It'll be very, very cool. But we're booked now for this week. I mean, yeah, for this week, I've got like four interviews on tap. I'm going to go ahead and blow up just a little, one of them. Blow it up. That's the first one, one to talk about. You guys, you guys who listen for a long time have known, you know, obviously I'm a director for MAKB. Yep. Um, but I'm not the director. Yeah. And I've been holding off on some news that's come out. I have not spoken about on the show since the news broke because we wanted to have Ken Wood back in. Yeah. That's MAKB's his baby. He's going to come in. Uh, we're going to, I think this week we're recording. We're talking. We are. Some MAKB, some EKF. Possibly some music. Ken's to be a big music guy. We'll see where it goes, but um, be fun. we have a lot. Yeah, a lot of news will be coming up. So if you guys um have not been plugged into EKF, which is elite kayak fishing, or MAKB, which is Massachusetts kayak bassing, mm-hmm. if you're not in the Northeast and you don't have any reason to, that's your business. But if you are in the Northeast, we will have some news that may have not gotten to your ears, which is good stuff. So Ken, we're looking forward to that. Ken is a great interview because, you know, obviously, you know, you being a part of the show, being a director for one of the divisions of MAKB, that's that's huge. There's an obvious connection there. But number one, Ken is a very, very experienced angler. And if if any one of our listeners want to make sure to, you know, uh, pay attention, if there's somebody that you can learn something from, like Ken falls in that category. Corey for yeah, sure. Absolutely. He's a, and and on top of that, like he's actually like he's he's a decent teacher. And that goes kind of based on like my conversations with Nate. You know, I mean, like he's really kind of, you know, he's he he gets it. He's he's so and he's easy to talk to. He's 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 great. Um, but the other thing too is that uh there's there's a lot of depth there. You know, like he's got like the music and everything. So you're going to you're going to want to check this out. This is going to be a really, really good one. Um, the the next one that we have lined up and it's actually I'm recording this one later that day is what l- last week we had one jig head who was pretty vocal for the first time in our recording. Really came out of his shell. Really kind of came into his own. In fact, he messaged me afterwards and was like, I got a story for you. And I said, OK, cool. I think we should talk about this on the show, though. Let's save it for share with the class. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, Mr. Uh, Rob Drummond had uh, had scheduled an interview, uh, and we're recording that later this week. Rob Drummond, founder and current president <laughs> of the stupid club, Fuck the World. <laughs> It was so good, dude. It was so good. Oh, and I think that he did leave a comment, too, about the Schneef thing. <laughs> yes, think, he did. I, okay, I wasn't sure if you saw it or not. I think it rang out to, what have I done? <laughs> and also, every single person I have dealt with this week, like, if I've had a conversation, I'd be like, yeah, Hoover and Schneef. Like... <laughs> so stupid um i'm really excited about this next interview and this just popped up friday i was watching a video obviously i I, i'm i'm interested in you know truck camping and overlanding and i'm all this all kinds of stuff and i'm always interested in what folks have going for like rigs but i'm i'm mainly interested in like the really unique ones and there is a, a a youtuber i stumbled on and i think this guy has, well, 
His name is Roger Young. His YouTube channel is GGG Forerunner. And uh, he and I are going to talk. We're going to talk overlanding. He's got he's got a sweet rig, but he did a video that I think ties in perfectly with that last segment I recorded with Becca about getting out there and doing this without having like all of like every single detail all tied together like this is a great great video and he goes over this it's really something that 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 would certainly inspire him though um which is he's been very open on his channel about how being connected to nature has really been a huge component of his I won't say like cure of his mental health issues per se, but his uh, it's made it's been a, a, a way toward improving his his situation. And uh, I think this is really important and because I feel the same way. Part of the reason why I started this podcast is because I had I needed something to be able to put to you know together as I was losing my mind because of COVID and my business being on hold and everything else. So when I saw this, I was like, I can't wait to have Roger on. This is going to be great. So I sent him a, a DM, and uh, he was very quick to get back to me and schedule. So that that is absolutely huge. And then the last one that we have lined up, and again, I try not to promote this stuff in advance because I don't want to jinx it, but. I'll explain why I'm doing this in a moment. Uh, we've got Noel Roth. I, I, I sent her a message and I said, it is, it's been so long since we've, you know, this is way overdue. Let's have you on. And this, it was actually talking to Tiffany that made me realize, I'm like, I have had so many conversations with folks and just never gotten them on the schedule to go ahead and record a segment. So that happened. I talked to Noel. We're going to have her on. And uh, and part of the reason why I want to do this is because I want to take as much advantage as possible to try to stockpile some interviews for you guys so that we can do as many shows with a guest and leave as few out that are that are guestless in that one spot so we can kind of get like a, a backlog. Uh, so this could be pretty awesome. And, and a whole lot of fun. And we're trying to do them for the most part like evergreen. If there's something that's really time sensitive, I'll try to bump them to the front of it where it makes the most sense. But I'm excited. What can I say? I'm excited. You ever you ever Hoover Schneef truck camping? Not uh, yet. I bet you've Hoover Schneef overlanding with a YouTuber. <laughs> I'll bet you I have Hoover Schneef overlanding with a YouTuber. <laughs> My God. That that tincture's helping. That is I've been I've been holding on to that for like five minutes. <laughs> I could tell you I knew you had something going over there, but And then you started talking mental health and I'm like, eh, is that appropriate? Is yeah. it really have you ever hoovered Janine? Wait, what it's, since when do we do anything in the, on this show that's really truly appropriate? <laughs> uh, you know what? I got a phone call today from my dad and it was just about um some question uh, some some christmas stuff like as far as like you, you know who's bringing what what time are we meeting stuff like that and i get this one message and i'll go <laughs> the last half of the text says and what name did you call chickapee chet <laughs> so i call my my folks and i'm like what the hell are you talking about they're like oh we're here listening to jigs and bigs you said something about chickapee chet like you called them like a low down dirty motherfucker or something like that <laughs> And I hear my mom in the background, and she's like, you swear too much. <laughs> I'm like, I'm a 45-year-old man. There's no fixing that. My my parents don't listen. Yeah. But I do any, any reel or something that's way over the top, I'll show my dad, and he'll laugh. Oh, yeah. I even show this one to my mom, and she laughed. 
I showed my parents the gangster grannies. So my dad and my mom do show up later today after, of course, all the work's done, right? They're older. I don't mind it. They pinched their pierogies in the past. They come over to say hi, see their grandkids, whatever. And um, they come over and my dad walks in the door and I said, uh, I said, you, you bring your hard candies? <laughs> he, said, he says, I'm all out. I said, okay, well, stay away from me. <sighs> My dad was in the Navy. I could say shit like that. Definitely. Definitely. For those that don't know what we're referencing, um, last week's episode, uh, listen to the end in the end song and get into that. It'll it'll make more sense. Oh, my, my, my goodness. Dad, when, I, when I initially showed him that clip, <sighs> just, just the end clip, not the whole full thing. Yeah. It was on loop on a reel. He watched oh. it five times and he was laughing harder every time. Like, it just, it wouldn't stop. <laughs> that's the greatest part sometimes you get into a reel and it's that good you're just like nope i'm gonna stay right here this is just yep. too freaking good oh well, he had a couple of coors lights in him and he wasn't going anywhere anyways no but he was just dying, perfect so. perfect yep it's good stuff but, oh, um, so you're going goodness. what do you got for christmas you're going to your parents house we are going to you know so we're actually christmas eve we're going over to uh my cousin's place Yep. And uh, we're going to go over there, and I guess, actually, they decided to do the whole thing catered this year, so nobody's got it. Like, it's Christmas Eve, it's people are just kind of, like, getting together in the evening and stuff, so this is going to be really fun. This will be a good time. Um, and they, we haven't done this since before the pandemic. Probably 2018 or 2019 was the last years that we had gone and done this. Um and then we have we're going over my my uh, my sister's place with my now now it's kind of like it's kind of like we've gone back in time because my sister and my folks live in the same address. <laughs> it's yeah. nuts since they've downsized, so it's kind of going to be uh, a good time. Um, what the hell are we doing? We're talking menu. I'm not sure if we're doing Italian or some kind of a roast. I'm not sure. We might be doing Italian. I think. What uh, what about you? Well, I'm in the same boat as you are. Yep. Uh, we have we have I have a relative that an older relative that has their whole family over and us included, and um, they called it quits once COVID hit. Yeah. This is the first year it's come back, so we're going to do oh, Christmas wow. Eve there, and nice. then we host on yeah we host on Christmas Day. So we're you know with my family being so large, we've told them you know I've had cousins come up to me and say hey look you know we know you're buying all the food I'm like dude listen bring your own beer. Bring your own booze. Yeah, that I'm making money. If you bring your own booze, exactly. I'm making money. I don't. I could buy a whole supermarket. And the yep. way you guys drink, I'm making money. Just just bring the bring the booze. And yeah, good. So yeah, we, we're doing that. Yep. But we're uh, we're ready to rock. I think we have some uh, some games lined up. As always, the Christmas Eve screw your neighbor game. I mean, that gets yep. vicious. A lot of chanting, a lot of singing. Oh, that is so fucking good. And then I, I can't remember what we were doing. Uh, there's usually a family game of some sort on christmas sometimes it's a trivia game one of my cousins will plug in and get a trivia game going last yep. we did a trivia game uh, a few years ago where instead of just asking trivia that some people are going to know and some people aren't we did it in a different way oh and we we presented like true false or multiple choice questions on each other oh like, yeah How so did like what year did cousin so and so graduate from high school? What three varsity sports did so and so play in high school? Like, huh. like shit like that. You know what I mean? So that was kind of interesting. We we just focused on each other and said I said I said this is great, but like I don't yep. give a fuck about some country. 
you know, or the capital of the yeah, country. I yeah, don't exactly. Care. You're why not invested in it. Yeah, why don't we do this on each other? We had teams. Yeah. So, so each team, everybody had a question about them, and the team that uh, that got the most won. They didn't win anything. It was just for fun, but it was pretty interesting. Some of the that's pretty fucking awesome, man. You yeah. know, you know, sometimes how I field the questions like that because I do this sometimes with schools or um, like even corporate events, like small offices. Um, what I'll do, like I did this one year with this one company for their new hires, and I had like the new hires. Uh, did they submit questions? I think they submitted questions um, about you know like themselves, and they would write them and answer them and everything. And then um, I took them and mixed them all up, and it was basically like multiple choice, and you know like how I do it, first letter, everything else. And it was just kind of like to see who knew what about about their new you know employees, and it was great because I didn't have to write anything. <laughs> <laughs> to make sure like yeah. it made sense to read and all that stuff but it was awesome i was like yeah give me a correct answer we'll go ahead and play around with it and it was it was interesting it was real interesting sweet but yeah that's yeah. always a good thing if you can engage them that's the way to do it because it looks like it looks like right now my kids are in high school we yep. have a rule in the family that once you're in high school no more gifts yeah it's just shut down um because i'm one of 14 cousins on my dad's side alone yeah so, and now, not everybody has kids, but me and my wife are the first to have kids, so we have the oldest. Um, yep. One of one of my cousin's kids generally doesn't come because they have, uh, you know, it's a uh, there was a divorce years back. Oh and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some you know they don't generally show up. Um, so there's not a lot of my my generation for our family doesn't have a ton of kids, but yeah. my cousins on one side are all starting to. So there's they're young young kids. Yeah. So like. We kind of all decided we're not getting each other. You know, now that I'm, my kids are out of the game, I'm yep. good. Like we're not we're not buying shit from anybody for anybody. You know. Yeah, yep. 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 But um, actually, this is fishing related. Um, <laughs> believe it or not, yeah, I can I can get How into How awesome this is that? I yeah no I know a fishing show where we actually talk about fishing. <laughs> I um, I was at that discount store where I said I came across all those Lucky Craft lures, which shall still go unnamed because I'm not going to blow my spot on that yeah. one. Um. And uh, a buddy of mine, one of my military buddies that lives in the area, is going to be more than likely coming out to celebrate with us on Christmas Day. Nice. They're not going anywhere. They're not going back home where he's from. So I, I thought about it. I'm like, you know what? If my younger cousin's kids are here, while we're not getting them anything, my parents and the older generation still do that. So I said, you know what? I called my buddy. I, I, went, I went to that store. I picked mm -hmm. a couple things up, and I called my buddy. I said, listen. Do not buy shit for my kids. They're in high school. There's a rule. Yeah, we yeah, don't get yeah. you in high school, right? I said, but just in case, so your kids aren't sitting there and they're the only kids without presents. I said, I picked them up. I found two, you know, whatever brand they were, cheap ass, Sebco, Star Wars push button fishing rods. I said, Perfect. you can even leave, leave them at my house. They can fish for bluegills off the dock. I yeah. don't care. Yeah. So, I mean, that's always a good starter thing. They weren't super expensive. I said, he's like, man, you don't have to do that. I go, I know, but it's Christmas. Yeah, exactly. And not because I have to get everything for everybody at Christmas, but it's Christmas. I don't want kids sitting at my house with nothing to open. Yeah, exactly. No, so, that makes sense. Yeah, we took care of that, so they'll they'll have some fun. I think he was planning on doing it anyways, but I just jumped the gun on mm -hmm. him. No big deal. Yeah. Um. Good old Uncle Sean came through. There you go. <clears throat> so yes, yeah, so we got a uh, we got a good. You know what is funny? I was laughing. I just noticed them. I bought these things, not knowing. Now one of them, they're Star Wars ones. One of them's a Kylo Ren, and one of them's a Ray. Yep. Right. So I'm like, okay, that's cool. I grabbed them, I threw them in the car because I was actually 
actually there at the store buying. <laughs> get ready for this: four hundred pounds of rock salt for, for the, the eggplant parm, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to sell it to that country club. You know, we're not going to talk about that. Nope, fuck them. Um, the inside joke, folks. Sorry, I'm, I'm not trying not to bash country clubs and their <laughs> shitty food. But uh, I picked up four hundred pounds of rock salt ice melt. For those of you who aren't familiar, for driveways and stuff, because once shit melts and refreezes, you're fucked if you live in New England or oh, anywhere yeah. else cold. So uh, you buy that, you shovel your driveway, you get the shit out of there, you get the get the snow off the walkways, and then the last step is walking around and putting that shit everywhere. So I actually have an old garbage can, plastic one, with wheels on it. So yep. uh, it's a little dirty. I got to somehow figure out how to wash it out, which is a pain in the ass because it's cold and I turned off my hoses. Oh, yeah. So... um or my faucet, so I have to wash this thing out. Maybe I'll just strap it down and run it through the car wash, <laughs> standing straight up a garbage can. Um, but I have to wash this thing oh, out, get the rock, take the rock it to salt. a car wash. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, just take it in, but not the automatic one. Don't like go through it. Just oh, that's right, the hoses. Yeah, just, just spray it out. Yeah, yeah, right, I'll do that. Yeah, that's a good idea. So yeah, so I just got to wash that thing out, dry it out, put the rock salt in it, yep. and I'm gonna be like the what is it the. Uh, what was the what was, what was the guy from Home Alone the the southern the southern Peoria snow shovel slayer? Yes, exactly. <laughs> what, what, what was it? Was it southern? No, the, it was southern something. The wet South bandits. Side. Oh no, no. Oh, 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 the old guy. The old, the old guy. guy. Yeah, that was a heart of gold. But he was he was always creeping around the neighborhood with the rock salt <laughs> and a, and a snow shovel. And they said the kids are like making up legends and shit about him. Like, you know, that's where he puts his bodies in the trash can with the rock salt, so it dissolves them. <laughs> <laughs> you don't remember that? I don't remember that. I gotta look it up. All right, yeah. hold on a second. Old man Harley. No, o- old man Marley. Old man Marley. What's his name? Though? Old man Marley. Let's see what we got. Uh, Home Alone. South Bend shovel slayer. South oh. something. I'm, I'm looking this shit up for you. I know uh, you the are. South. Yeah, the South Bend shovel slayer. Old man Marley was Kevin McAllister's, Kevin McAllister's kindly neighbor who was rumored to be a serial killer called the South Bend shovel slayer. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, dude, no. there's like a backstory. What's the backstory? At some point, Marley had a heated dispute with his son, which ended with the two refusing to speak to each other anymore. The estranged, yep. uh, the estrangement caused Marley to lose contact with the rest of his family, including his young granddaughter, uh, who he adored. For a long time, there were rumors that Marley was the South Bend shovel slayer who had murdered his entire family and half of the people on the block with a snow shovel in 1958, but avoided arrest due to lack of evidence. In addition, he kept his victims in a bucket of salt, using the salt to turn dead bodies into mummies. That's, see, but the, 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 the daughter and the son story came out during the movie. Yes. He said yes. that because yeah, he was yep. in the church talking to him on Christmas Eve. Yep. But the, yeah, that, that's it. So South Bend, that's what it was. So now, I always thought South Bend was Indiana because the... Isn't that set in like Chicago? Is there a South Bend in, in in Illinois somewhere? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Huh? I mean, it's possible, but yeah. Oh my goodness, man! We're idiots. <laughs> we are idiots. Well, I I think we gave folks enough um, for this week. Let's uh, let's go ahead. We'll wrap this sucker up, guys. Uh, we've got Tiffany Leal next up, guys. Texas Bass Babe, and uh, we're gonna do some. We're gonna talk some fishing. We're gonna talk Texas. We'll see you in a bit. 
Jigs and Bigs wants to take a moment to say thank you to our partners for helping us continue to push the limits of our fishing adventures and bring you amazing long-form content. We want to thank Old Glory Outdoors in East Brookfield, Massachusetts. Old Glory has an amazing selection of fishing tackle, including Six Sense, Guggenbaits, X-Zone Lures, Shimano, Daiwa, Luz, 13 Fishing, Arc Rods, and many more. Use promo code JIGSANDBIGS at OldGloryOutdoors.com and in-store to save yourself some money and support the show. For all your premium kayak needs, we partner with Three Bells Outfitters. Located along Smith Cove in Niantic, Connecticut, Three Bells is your go-to location for kayaks and accessories from Hobie, Native, Bonafide, Jackson, Yak Attack, Nakwa, Boondocks, Burley Pro, and many more. Financing options are available to upgrade you and your kayak fishing experience. White Glove Delivery Service is also available. Visit 3bellsoutfitters.com for more info and don't forget to tell them that Jigs and Bigs sent you. When it comes to high quality polarized sunglasses, we've partnered with Torej. They provide stylish sunglasses in a variety of frames that are light and fit comfortably on your face. The polarization cuts glare and allows you to see the whole picture, helping you identify what's below the water's surface. They have a 60-day risk-free trial, lifetime warranty, and free shipping. Plus, you can save yourself 10% with the code JIGSANDBIGS10 at checkout. Visit Torej.com to check out their selection. That's www.torege.com. Again, we cannot thank our partners enough for their support. Please consider supporting them and supporting the show in the same process. Thanks. Jigs and Bigs is your favorite fishing podcast, right? Why not show the world how much you love the show while directly supporting us? We have men's and ladies' shirts, hoodies, and a variety of hats. We even have a waterproof outdoor Bluetooth speaker so you can listen to your favorite podcast while out on the water if you like. Check out jigsandbigs.com shop to visit the store and gear yourself up. If you really can't get enough of this show, consider becoming a jig head and joining our Patreon. It's a subscription that gives you exclusive access to recording sessions that allow you to engage with us as we record the show. We also have some exclusive content there just for our jig heads and even have some special promo codes. Space is limited, so join now at jigsandbigs.com. Finally, if you're local to our area in Western Massachusetts, consider checking out the Western Mass Fishing Report posted weekly at northeastwildwoman.com. We have amazing contributors providing great content and info for local conditions and what's been going on and working recently. Jigs and Bigs, so much more than just two lightly roasted hippies trapped in the 90s arguing on the internet about fishing. Alrighty, guys, Bobby Roast Beef here with another another guest. I, t- I told you, we were going to get to this point. We had ice locally, and, you know, fishing was starting to slow down, and we were going to get amazing guests lined up, and that is exactly what we've got lined up right here, guys. We've got the one and only Texas Bass Babe, Tiffany Liao with us. Tiffany, how are you? How are things? I'm doing fabulous. Really, really awesome. Awesome. Good to hear it. Good to hear it. I feel like this is one of those interviews that, like, we had Rodney uh, on recently, R&R Outdoors, and I feel like that was very, very much, like, long overdue. This one, I feel, is, like, very, very much long overdue, and... Um, you know, I, we're glad to have you on. Let's talk. Let's get, let's get into it. Let's dive right in. Um, 
I'm a sucker for uh, an origin story. Like my favorite stuff and all, all the geek stuff is all about the origin story of all like my favorite comic book characters and stuff. Like I'm a sucker for that. I want to know where, where everyone comes from, all that stuff. So tell me a little bit about fishing in your life and how we got to this point now. Like who introduced it to you? What was the road like getting here? What were some points of inspiration? Anything like that? Sure. Um, so starting off, um, I grew up in San Antonio, Texas. I'm yep. a born and raised Texan. And so fishing in Texas is just yeah, kind of part of life. You know, yep. it, it just comes with the territory. And growing up, um, my aunt and uncle had a ranch out in Blanco, Texas, which is kind of just outside of San Antonio, kind of uh-huh. northwest of San Antonio. And, you know, we would always do family holidays and stuff there when I was a kid. And they had a bunch of ponds on the property. And so every time I went out there, I'd always go go fishing as a kid. And um, I was kind of kind of a tomboy growing up, you know, just my nature. <laughs> um, I was the girl out there playing football with the boys. And fishing yep. was one of those things I just always had a knack for, you know. Mm-hmm. I was always the one catching the biggest fish, the one catching the most fish. I was just that girl. And so... That was just me growing up. I just kind of casually did it. Nobody really taught me how to fish. It was just one of those things that I picked up a rod and reel and looked at what other people were doing and started doing it. Um, you know, fast forward and life life took hold. And yep. um, I, I went to college, went to law school. Um, I had my daughter very early on. So I was mm-hmm. raising, you know, raising a, a young daughter. And so fishing kind of took a backseat for me. I go camping with her and I mm-hmm. fished when we were camping and things like that, but nothing really, yeah, you know, nothing really steady. It was just yep. kind of a, a hobby here and there. Sure. And then, um, a few years back, um, I went through a really hard time in my life. Um, I was yep. getting divorced. Um, I had just some really, really tough times in life and, um, my sister and brother-in-law own a ranch and, I kind of just rediscovered fishing and, you know, in that time, that was my time to go be alone. And on the weekends, I didn't have my son. I would go Mm -hmm. out there and I'd literally just from sunup to sundown, I'd just sit out by the pond and I'd just fish all day, you know? And, um, it was funny because I started posting pictures of, of me on Facebook Mm -hmm. and it was on my personal Facebook and it was not really to start it. A social media following or anything like sure, that yeah like i was literally just kind of logging my catches and you know posting hey i caught this fish today yeah exactly and a, a friend of mine reached out to me and he was like you should really start a fishing instagram and i was like that's even a thing <laughs> and he was like oh it's totally a thing and you yeah. need to do one like you catch these huge bass like you, you should really start start an instagram so it, it was literally i think like the weekend after um fourth of july and i was just kind of bored sitting there yep. by the pond one day and i was like i'm gonna start instagram go for <laughs> like, it yeah exactly and i had a personal instagram i literally have like 90 people on my personal mm-hmm. instagram but um you know i i didn't really post much i mainly posted pictures of my kids um, more yep. than anything yeah and so you know that's I what we do this. as parents you know that's how it is yeah <laughs> it's true so, so back then i guess that was 20 2019 maybe 2020 no i think it was 2019 mm-hmm. um i posted it and i i just kind of got the fishing bug and it went yeah. from you know every other weekend i would go fish to then every week i started fishing to yep. then um when i can i fish literally every single day so yeah. um 
you know, sometimes work and life gets in the way of that. Oh, for um, sure. But even if it's just 30 minutes, me going and making, you know, a few casts at the pond, I, I typically mm-hmm. will stop either on my way to work or on my way home and um, catch a fish and makes my day better. So I'm with <laughs> that's you. Kind of, that's kind of how fishing started. And yep. it's led to a whole lot of other things now with fishing and it's expanded quite a bit. But so that's where I began, you also fish competitively. When did that come into the picture and what was your, have you always been into like competitive sports? I have growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I played literally every sport my parents would let me. Yeah. Um, there was a few they wouldn't. They wouldn't let me play football. They wouldn't let me play hockey, and they wouldn't let me box. <laughs> Those were the yeah, three requests okay. I had that they said no. Um, but you know, I played volleyball, basketball, softball. Yep. I ran track. Um, I did the whole cheerleading thing. I, you know, I did all of that mm-hmm. from, you know, up through middle school, and then in high school I played softball and volleyball. Yep. Um, and um, so I've always been just a very competitive person. Yeah. Um, naturally uh and when i started my instagram and you know i was fishing at the time and learning a lot of new techniques and really getting mm-hmm. involved and kind of deeper dive into it you know going down that rabbit hole of <laughs> of fishing that's easy to fall down oh yeah um a friend of mine actually reached out to me and said you should really try tournament fishing and mm-hmm. i had never done it i had a few friends who i knew who did tournament fishing and yeah. i would go pre-fish with them um but I had just never, I'd never even been to a tournament and kind of on a whim, um, I, I flew out to North Carolina and fished my first BFL. Oh, holy cow. <laughs> and, um, it, it really was, I mean, I'd never even been at a tournament before. Um, mm-hmm. I fished my first one. I literally caught the smallest fish of the day. Um, but I caught one and yeah. I got on the board and, you know, half the field skunked. So. Oh, wow. That, that's that just, really great. It. It, I just, it bit me, you know, I, I totally got it, the bug, the fishing bug, the tournament bug, Mm -hmm. and I loved it. And I came back to Texas and I immediately, you know, signed up for the BFL here and started fishing out in East Texas as much as I possibly can. So freaking awesome. um, And then this year I added the opens to my Mm -hmm. tournament schedule and that was a really amazing opportunity. So I'm excited to do that again this year. Now you had this last year, you had a pretty good, like you came in like third in one of these opens, didn't you? Yeah. On a uh, Ross Barnett on Ross Barnett, I finished in third place, um, which was actually my first open yeah. I ever fished. <laughs> so it oh, was a no shit. Incredible finish. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's my awesome. First, my first time in the opens. And then, um, on red river, I ended up mm-hmm. in 20th. Um, so I had a good finish there too. So, that's freaking awesome, man. Yeah. yeah I ended up is... eighth overall um, for the Central Division and the Opens. No year. shit. That's fantastic to me. Like, yeah, so. for, for just, like, jumping in and, like, going with it. It's like, because it can be competitive fishing. Like, I, I like to, I've noticed from doing this show, there are folks that are, like, designed for that. And then there are far many of uh, many more of us that are not. You know, like it, it really, really, really just, it's not for everybody. And it's a meat grinder. Like it literally, it it, it's a mental game more than anything. It is just like unbelievable. Um, and I'll tell you, um, Red River, mm-hmm. especially, um, that, that is just a hard, a hard river to fish. Yeah. Um, the one, the fish are not that big. If, if you catch three, you're, you're going to be up there. And so, 
it, it really was like every cast you had to make a count, but it was just grind. And it was a lot of flipping. So, I mean, I flipped, I don't even know how many times I flipped that day, but oh, I believe flip, it. flip, 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 yeah. you know. And, that's how it, that's how it is with flipping. It's just you got to. And keep, it was like yeah. 105. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this is on the Red River in the summer. I can't imagine. So, oh my god, it was goodness. hot. It was a hot and grueling two yeah. days. But man, that is freaking bananas. Now let's talk about like your preferred. You know, when you're going out there, do you have a a season that you prefer? Like, and I, this is kind of a two parter, really. I'm looking for that season where you're just like, yeah, this is where I'm going to catch them. This is where I'm best. Maybe it's cold water. Maybe it's when water's like really, really hot, and you're able to just get them. Um, and also, like the creature comforts too. Like, what do you prefer? Yeah, so I am a nitty gritty get in the shallows mm-hmm. fisherman yep. i love fishing shallow Same. i love fishing dirty water yep um you know i i have a lot of friends who love who are the opposite who love deep crystal clear sea all the way to the bottom water oh and yeah i i'm just um maybe it's growing up fishing farm ponds and that's what i'm used to but oh totally you know i i love fishing a mud hole and so like I think for Ross Barnett, like that really leaned into my strengths because yeah. that's what it is. It's, you know, shallow, dirty water, um, the whole place. I mean, we were fishing and literally at one point I couldn't even stand on the back of the boat because we would, you know, troll up mud. <laughs> oh, no kidding. So, wow. All right. Yeah. I, I mean, we were that shallow. So, huh. it, you know, that's, that's where my strengths lie. I yeah. really like fishing in hot water. Um, yeah. I'm working really hard to improve my skills in fishing in colder water. Yeah. Um, that's something that I've been working on, you know, this winter and I'll continue working through, you know, the spring. Um, because it is a different game, oh, you totally know, it, it is a very different, um, different thing, but yeah, if I could choose, I'd fish, I'd fish in, I'm a Texas girl. Yeah. So I, yeah, I yeah. fishing in the dirty shallows when it's hot outside. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I'll, I'll take it, you know. Uh, as far as baits go, like, what's your short list of confidence baits? The, the stuff that you're like, I, when I got to get it done, I, I, I feel like I can get it done with these. Um, number one would probably be just old school Yamamoto Senko. Yep. Um, and can't, can't and I'm that. a tried and true believer in Yamamoto, and yep. I know there's, you know, all kind of debates about that, but I... I love Yamamoto Senkos. I've fished yeah. them for years. Um, I'm now for the 2023 season. I am sponsored with by them, so I'll say that up front. But that's awesome. I mean, for a lot of years, I haven't been. And, yeah, exactly. You know, up until now, and I have, I have been faithfully, you know, a proponent of Yamamoto. Um, so that is my number one. I have, I have a lot of confidence in fishing a Texas rig, not just a Senko, but yep. you know, creature baits and other things on sure. a Texas rig. Yep. And I, I'm kind of unique in how I work mine. So I. Huh. I have a lot of confidence. I, I've done it a lot, and I've really got my technique for myself down the way yeah. I like it. Um, second, I would probably say a swim jig, which if yeah. you asked me this question a year ago, I I would have had a different answer. But I picked up a swim jig, and I forced myself to learn to fish it, and yeah. I, I love fishing it now. <laughs> Sometimes it, I have to make myself put it down. It's, it's, it's amazing because... It, it's crazy how a year can do that. You know, you have an experience with, with a different presentation or mm-hmm. you, you open yourself up to learn something that maybe you were a little hesitant with before or just naive with. And then you learn a little bit about it. And then, boom, I did the same thing with a swim jig uh, two years ago. I was just like, I just don't get it. Like, what is this all about? Really, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Moving baits, period. I just didn't. I was a guy who would 
throw a jig or something super finessey like a drop shot. And that was where I was really, really comfortable. Um, and then I started to experiment a little bit more and <clears throat> you can see how my like my my comfort level with different presentations has changed and you know i mean you gotta love the versatility of a swim jig you gotta yep. freaking you can do anything with it I mean, you can do anything with a jig period but like a a, a swim jig it's like it's great if you're fishing grass like I just think you can't beat it. When everybody's out there throwing a bladed jig, making all kinds of noise, you throw in something that's a little bit more finesse and a little bit more stealthy, and yeah. it, it's a good thing. Well, and I love throwing it on that grass and then yep. just dropping it right off the edge. Yeah. You know? oh, a lot of times yeah. we'll hit it right as it comes off. Or, yeah, right on the fall. Exactly. And that's like the best feeling. <laughs> oh, absolutely. That just come up and grab it. For sure. And you just see that line take off and you're like, oh, we got this. Done deal. That's the that's the best, man. Um, what's your biggest pet peeve in fishing? Biggest pet peeve in like, fishing. Yeah. What gets gets your goat more than anything else? Um, like, like me personally. Yeah. I mean, just like when you see, well, I would say that could be other people. Like if you had your own FTG, like who is it that fits in that mold, you know? So, I mean, I, I'm a pretty, pretty open-minded person and being a co-angler on a lot of these you know, yeah. you fish with a lot of different people and you kind of have to adapt to how your boater is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would say, I would say probably my, my biggest pet peeve and, and this may be because I'm a woman, but yep. I get underestimated a lot. And so when I have a boater who, you know, sees me cast a bait caster, you know, ac- across, <laughs> across the lake and they're like, Oh, you really can fish. That kind of thing kind of kind That's of me the wrong way. Off. Yeah, and it, and it happens sometimes, not often. I yeah. would say I would say ninety five percent of my boaters have been amazing. Yeah, uh, you know I've learned, and that's my goal every time I get on somebody's boat is yep. I'm going to take something away. Yep. Whether it's a positive, whether it's a negative, I'm going to learn something from being on this boat. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so and so that kind of thing sometimes rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. Um, as far as like fishing. You know, things that I, I fish with a lot of kids. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so my goodness. I, my nieces and nephews yep. and my son. Um, and so I, I just go into that knowing I'm not actually fishing. <laughs> That's exactly am, it. I'm basically a guide that day. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be retying. I'm going to be untangling from trees and mm-hmm. from each other's lines and getting mud out of guide's eyes. Um, but, yeah, so that could be that could be fun, especially and a little bit irksome at times oh yeah um when you think you're gonna go fish and then you know everyone decides to come along and you don't actually fish and then you're (laughs) like oh okay so this is what we're doing now now i'm going to put on a clinic on how to tie palomar knots here you go kids (laughs) like but but it has been so much fun like to watch like the last time i went out with my nephew you know i taught him how to use a spin caster because he was just you know used to their they Mm -hmm. had like those little push button you know like a bb8 reel um, oh, okay. And so I actually taught him how to use a spin caster and he was out there throwing a little swim bait and he reeled it back. And I mean, he probably caught 20 fish that day. Like, no kidding. That's you know, awesome. And there's, there's just nothing to compare to that. Like, it's, yeah. Yeah. That's, that is, uh, there, there really is, especially like with kids when they get first off their first fish, that's amazing. But then when, yeah. they, when they get into like a decent fish, 
That's just fantastic. Like you just, yep. there's no better feeling. I would rather like if I'm going out and I'm fishing with my kids, I would rather them catch twice as many than as I do. You know, I absolutely, it's just, uh, there's, it's so fulfilling to watch your kids just like enjoy the outdoors, you know, and yep. start to build that little relation. I've got two daughters and <clears throat> both of them humor me with fishing. I like to say, like, they're they're really, really not into it. Definitely not to the degree I am. And that's fine. You know, maybe someday they'll come around, you know. And that's why I kind of, like, I love the fact, and this is one of the reasons why our show is, like, we we do everything we can to support female anglers so, in, in such a huge way. You know, like yourself, uh, Coley, we, Becca. I mean, we've had a, a fishing with Becca on the show a number of times. And we really do try to, I mean, Elise, we've had Elise. I mean, I try to avoid my kids watching Elise's vocabulary sometimes. But, you know, <laughs> she's amazing and a great influence. And, you know, there are lots of little girls out there that get caught up thinking, like that oh yeah the outdoors isn't you know really my place and it's like that couldn't be further from the truth so that's part of the reason why we're like it's every single time that we have a female angler that that wants to be involved with our show we're like a hundred percent yes because there's much bigger element at play here you know these girls need you to I'll be you, that role model yeah one of the most special moments for me yep. um when i got third place you know, at Ross Burnett and I was standing up there on stage and I, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't know it was my first time fishing the opens. I didn't know a lot of the other anglers who oh, I was yeah. fishing with, you know, I'd never met any of them um, other than a few that I, I had known from before. Yeah. Um, but most of the guys I was competing against, I had never met them. And I walked off the stage and one of them came up to me and he had taken a picture of me um, with the trophy when I was standing mm -hmm. up there. And he said, I just texted this to my daughters. Oh, yeah. They're both they're both high school anglers. And I told them someday this could be you. And for me, that was so impactful. Totally. Um, you know, to and I mean, he I think he ended up in fifth place in that tournament. Yeah. Um, and, we, you know, we've become friends since. But that's awesome. It, you know, moments like that, like you don't from from the inside perspective, I don't know that you see the impact yeah. that you have on on younger females. But mm -hmm. You know, I mean, in in those bass opens, I maybe see, you know, four or five other women um, yep. out of a field of, you know, 400. It's, so, it's crazy that the percentage uh, is that low. But I mean, yeah. the, the hope is that eventually, like, our kids' generation and then their kids' generation, that's going to change, you know? And one, one of these young females are going to make it. You know, oh, I follow, yeah. I try to follow, you know, every female in the tournament world that mm -hmm. I can, um, both young and old and across yeah. the board. And I'm, I'm definitely up there in the age scale. So, um, you know, I, I don't know that I'll make it to the professional level. Maybe I will. I hope, yeah. I hope to someday, you know, I'm working really hard to get to the front end of the boat. Yeah. Um, I feel like I have a lot I need to learn though before, before I jump in on that side of things yeah, the pro side of things but sure. um and so that's uh, that's really my co-angler journey is kind of that you know taking taking it step by step yeah. learning all i can soaking up information and just making my fishing iq be as high as i can before yeah. you know i take that next step no i think that's that's awesome man that that's that's awesome that's so so awesome um shifting gears a little bit this i'm curious about 
I don't think have I asked it, one of our Texas guests yet. No, I have for sure, for sure. Dustin was was the last one, the last Texas angler I asked about this. What's your favorite chicken joint? And when I say chicken joint, I'm talking about like it's got a drive through or it's coming from a gas station. Okay, my favorite chicken joint. It probably would be Chicken Express. <laughs> a Chicken Express. Okay, I actually I'm not love familiar. Oh, really? Yeah, I've never heard of this. I mean, they have... Time to hit I'll the tell Googles. you why I really love Chicken Express. Yeah. They have really great fried okra. <laughs> oh, I can get down with some fried okra. Yeah. Chicken I mean, their chicken's really good, too. Um, but they have really good rolls, and they have really good fried okra. Yeah. Oh, they're headquartered in Mineral Wells, Texas. I see. All right. Oh, so it's a, so I didn't realize that it was like just a Texas thing. Yeah. Oh, and that's probably interesting. South, if it's mineral wells, it's probably go South Texas, too. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to. That's interesting. Yeah, there's 200 number of locations. It says 250, more than 250. Okay, so that's on their Wikipedia. I'll have to check that out because I consider myself to be uh, an aficionado of uh, chicken joints. You know, uh, and I like to, you know, I don't know. I don't know if you can tell this. Anyway, but, I've, I've tried a lot of them. I've tried yeah. canes. I've tried, you know, like all of those different ones. But can, can, Chicken Express was really good. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I, I love the, the like, more, like, localized. Recently, I, I kind of fell in love with Crispy Crunchy. Crispy Crunchy oh, Chicken. Heard of that. It's a chain that's in a bunch of gas stations, and they're based out of Louisiana. And... It is legit. Whatever they're mm-hmm. brining their chicken in, some kind of Cajun brine, it, which and it's just it's packed with flavor. It's juicy. It's wonderful, and their sides are top notch. Okay, well, next time I'm down at Toledo Bend, I'll have to look for that. Yeah, oh, it's it's top top notch. Crispy crunchy. Crispy crunchy is awesome. Two Ks. Now. Okay. One of the other things I, I love, you know, about about fishing is the the community aspect of it. I think you can't get away from it, no matter no matter how much you try. That fishing community is great from an education standpoint because you've got this this group of peers that you can learn from, learn techniques, and learn how to maybe remedy things that you're not necessarily you know approaching the right way, or or just pick up other theories. But also like just like the the fellowship and camaraderie that kind of comes along with it. And the fact is. If you're with a good group of people and you have a terrible day of fishing, it's still some of the best memories you could possibly make. It's Absolutely. so weird that this sport has that. So with that, what's like a, a wish list of your, your top three people you would love to fish with? They can be pros. They could be celebrities. They could be, they could be uh, Instagrammers and YouTubers. It doesn't matter who they are. It could be people you actually know, too. Um, top three people I'd love to fish with. Yep. Oh, that's hard. Um, you know, I'd really love to fish with the Dink crew, you know, Jacob Wheeler and Mark Daniels Jr. and DC. And, um, I got to, I got to meet, um, MDJ when I was at, um, Mm -hmm. oh, what's the name of that big, the big convention. I'm drawing right now. I cast. I cast. Yeah. So I, I cast, I got to meet him and he was just. The nicest person. That's I, awesome. I mean, really. Um, and so, so I think those guys would be a, a ton of fun. Oh, for to sure. Fish with. For sure. Um, and, and they're just, they're amazing. Yeah. I mean, all of them are so amazing at what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, so they definitely probably top my list. Um, I, <laughs> I'm probably going to have all the controversial ones. Um, 
Contra- really controversy's good. <laughs> I'd really love to fish with Ike because I just think he would be a Why? blast. That's what I'm saying. Um, I mean, I think he would be fun. I think yeah. he'd be energetic, entertaining, and then probably. Um, I'm trying to think of my last one, and I'm probably going to go old school on this one. <laughs> you, I, <laughs> but, nothing um, wrong with that. Old school is interesting because I always I love to know where people are thinking. Are you thinking of Jimmy Houston? Are you thinking Bill Dance? Are you thinking you know anybody honestly, from the Martin family? You know, <laughs> honestly, those. Um, um, Jimmy Houston and Bill Dance were the two, the top two on my mind, yep. and I was debating which one. Yep. A lot of people, a lot of people tease me that I'm, I'm a Bill Dance Junior because I don't know if you've ever seen some of my videos, but I can be a little, I can be a little clumsy. There's, at times. there's some, have, some bloopers. Yeah, there's some bloopers. I have I fallen that. off a boat. I have. Oh. Uh, I caught I caught a really big bass one day out of the pond, and I thought I was going to do this cool release video, and I fell right on my. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, yep. I, I have these moments and they happen probably more than they should. Oh, yeah. But, um, <laughs> Everybody's got some some of those. But I, I think I'd probably have to go Jimmy Houston. And yeah, honestly, I, I would love I would have loved to have fish with Jimmy Houston's wife. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He um, from all everything I hear, she was a tremendous angler. Yep. And or she is. I shouldn't say what she is a yeah. tremendous angler. Um, but yeah, they, they, they think they would be an amazing couple to he, get he, to fish with. He also has like an unbelievable piece of property with amazing fishing. <laughs> Right on I'm his sure, property. I'm sure. I believe I forget who it was. It was one it's one of the the Guggen guys. I think it was Lake Fork guy. Did a video at his ranch with Jimmy going out fishing, and wow. um, it was just it was wild. I, I want to say like, yeah, I want to say there's some kind of like an interesting garage for his boats that's set up right on. Like it's it's re- like he, he's doing all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I if I could fish a, a private place to fish, I'd want to fish Gary Yamamoto's property. <laughs> oh yeah, I yeah I, I've He's seen got a pretty amazing. Absolutely, um, Yamamoto recently uh, made a big change, didn't they? They did. Yeah. Um, they are now owned by GSM Outdoors. Mm-hmm. That's and right. And Bill Lewis as well. So I've signed with Bill Lewis oh, as well okay. for the 2023 really, season. That's awesome. I didn't realize Bill Lewis was part of that. I love Bill Lewis products. I I think they're they're my favorite. They're my favorite lipless crank. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the rattle trap is hard to beat. It really is. It really is. I, I'm a. And that's I'm a one big of my fan. confidence states as well. I really yeah. love fishing a rattle trap. Yeah. Well, and and again, like versatility too. Like yep. you can you can do a ton with a rattle trap. You can, it, as far as the the water column is concerned, you can do so much with it for yeah for a crankbait. <laughs> it's it's and really even got a lot I mean even in shallow, you know, ripping it through grass. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah, it's crazy. Yo-yoing it in deeper water. Once I started fooling around with lipless cranks, I started to, I always was just like, ah, oh, we have so much grass. It's just, it's, I know they say it's good for grass, but that makes no sense. It's just going to get hung up. And then you're like, no, 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 no. Once you learn how to just rip it clean, you're good yep. to go. You know, you got to be careful. Make sure it's deep enough. <laughs> I don't want to do that too yeah. shallow. <laughs> Otherwise, it can be kind of uh, interesting. But uh, yeah, I, I think that that's awesome. Yeah, I, I was curious how things were going to change, if at all for yamamoto because they've got an amazing product 
They like they really and the, I I don't know if it's like this everywhere else in the country, but there isn't a tackle shop, mom and pop or or large chain, or any retail outlet alone um, that sells tackle that's not going to have Gary Yamamoto baits. Yeah. You know, and and they have they have said and they have, they have been very strong in this yeah. statement that they are not changing the formula for the yeah. video. It will it will stay the same. No, that's awesome. So. I know a lot of people have been worried about that. Oh, but, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because there are. It's like the, you have, you know, a stick bait. I'm one of those people who likes to think like a stick bait is a stick bait. But the Gary formula is a little bit different. I, I can tell you I've tried a lot of stick baits. Yeah. Um, and for, for, I guess people know I love stick baits. Mm-hmm. And I used to do like these little stick bait reviews on my page yeah. um, way back when. Um, so And people would just send me all these stick baits. So, I mean, I have tried a ton of stick baits and they just most don't compare. I mean, they really don't. What's um, it just, there's something different in the saltiness and the way it yeah, falls yep. and the movement of it. It's just different. What's your favorite, uh, size and color generally? To um, I like five inch stick bait. Me too. Um, generally. And my favorite color <laughs> is, and I keep saying it, and I'm going to kick myself one day for saying it so much because they're going to sell out of it. Uh, red Shad Senkos. Oh, Red um, Shad. Okay. I love a Red Shad Senko. Huh. Um, I have fished it in just about every kind of water. Yep. And it always gets bit. That's so awesome. that is that is by far my my confidence bait yep. of all baits. If I can't catch a fish, I'm tying on a Red Shad Senko, and I guarantee I'm going to get one in the boat. I am a big fan. I'm I'm a green pumpkin black flake guy. I'm I'm just but but I I love a little chartreuse on the tail. Yeah, that's what I was to say. That's my favorite. <laughs> um, besides red shad, the, yep. the one with the chartreuse tail and the green pumpkin. Oh yeah, my next go to. I'll buy and Sometimes I do the one that have like the the little Mardi Gras flake in it. You know, oh, yeah. it's got the the purple and the green in it. Definitely. Definitely. No, it's, yeah. that's, I th- it's one thing I, Red I, Shad is hard to beat though. um, I talk a lot with people, um, when it comes to plastics and I, I always say this, I'm like, it's so crazy that there's two schools of thought where they say match the hatch, but also show them something different. And these are two <laughs> theories that are totally against one another. Right. But they're yep. both right on the money. Like it's, yep. it's amazing how like, and I am like, I, we, we do have, you know, we have some, some dirty water up here, but up North, like we've got some fisheries that are just gin clear all year round and they produce huge. Um, but you know, it's like there, you got to really pay attention to what it is that you're throwing. But at the same time, like sometimes you're like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, this black and purple, you know, uh, four-inch Ned is just going to get hammered, and it does. You yeah, know, or or a bright pink worm, or yeah, you know? methylate like, or something like that, and you're yeah. like, okay, and it just it does. It's it's just crazy the way the way it all kind of works. I'm interested in this question here now. Uh, do you do you listen to music while you fish? I typically do not. Okay, all right. So with that um, said, if I'm listening to anything, it's usually like. <laughs> Um, Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh, really? I'm working my way through the book series. So oh. I'm listening to it on audiobook. Um, or I I used to listen to a lot of baseball while I would fish uh-huh. in the summers. Um, I'm a Dodger fan, so I would listen to a lot oh, of okay. Dodger games just playing in the background. Yeah. Um, 
fishing. Oh, I'm like right. a 70-year-old man. So. No, there's nothing wrong with <laughs> Fishing that. and living in the baseball. I'm glad you said it. I didn't have to. That's, <laughs> holy cow. But what, when you're like going out for the day and you're, you're riding out to the pond or the lake, what is it that you're listening to to get hyped up? What's that Tiffany playlist all about? Tiffany playlist. I really don't have... I, I honestly listen to mainly audiobooks. Um, yep. But as far as my music genres go... Yep. Um, you know, I like I like old school country. I don't like yep. pop. Country. I don't like the newer stuff. Yeah. I'm like, uh, I do like a lot of Texas country, like yeah, like Pat Green and you know, yeah, cross Canadian ragweed and those mm-hmm. guys. Um, and I love rock. I, I'm an old school rock fan. Yep. Um, everything from like Led Zeppelin all the way to like the Red Hot Chili Peppers. But um, being a good Texas girl, you gotta you gotta know ZZ Top is the greatest band. Oh, Z Lagrange, hey, right? Okay. I, I mean, <laughs> my my family's ranch is in Lagrange. Oh, no Chicken kidding! Ranch right up the road. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's freaking great. Oh, I love it. But I, yeah, ZZ Top, you gotta love them. Yeah, you have yeah. to. Um, yeah, I love old school rock. It's, I, I yeah. that's that's the thing. There's a lot of people who are like, and you, like you mentioned, like the Chili Peppers and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, it's okay. We can lump them as old school rock. They started in the '80s. It's all right, you know. Well, and that's you know, I mean, Blood <laughs> Sugar Sex Magic was like that's the record for that, a lot that, of people. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that that was it for me. So. Yeah, that's freaking awesome. Their new, newer stuff. I mean, it's okay, but their older stuff yeah yeah it was amazing under the bridge i mean amazing their last record really i think i mean it's the one that came out this year i might have only heard even a single but i was like really this is it i think i think they've fallen off i think they've 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 disappeared they started to just sound the same yeah like like more of the same Mm -hmm. like they're they're kind of like creativeness and ingenuity in music and that's their edginess yeah kind of it's tough when you start getting older, you know? It ain't yeah. easy. It ain't easy. Now, you've obviously traveled to fish in the past, but what's on your bucket list as far as places that you would love to get to at some point in your life? Um, I have I have quite a few mm-hmm. <laughs> lakes on Go my bucket it. list. Um, I would love to fish Okeechobee. Yep. Um, I would love to go fish out in California and I probably will do that. My boyfriend was from out there. So fish in the Delta and nice, you know, those kind of areas. Um, I, I mean, there's a lot of lakes in Texas that I still have on my bucket list. Um, Choke Canyon, Falcon, Mm -hmm. Amistad, um, and OHIV are all lakes that hopefully I'll fish in the near future. Mm -hmm. Um, I had never fished Lake Fork and I fished it twice in the last year. Oh, really? Um, yeah. And it's a great, lake. I yeah. can't wait. To, I'm going back in spring. I cannot wait. That's awesome. <laughs> um, I, I mean, the fact that any cast could be, you know, a 13 pounder, a 12 pounder, oh, yeah. like it's, it's just, it's just amazing. I mean, Lake Fork is an amazing place and it's, and it's my style fishing, you know, it's yeah. a lot of shallow flipping sticks and mm-hmm. I, I love i love that style of fishing a yeah. lot of you know swim big swim swim jigs yep. and um bladed jigs and that's, all of that so. that's awesome i have heard like that lake fork if you like throwing a jig you're gonna love it oh um, yeah I've it's heard, just sticks everywhere i've yeah, heard it's great is it possum kingdom is also an amazing spot 
<laughs> like I, I've very heard that. unique. I have I've never been there, um, yeah. but I have heard that. I've heard it's a beautiful lake too. Yeah, like it's a very pretty lake to go see. Yeah, and the toadies. I mean, with the toadies, exactly <laughs> right. I have seen the toadies in concert a bunch of times. <laughs> they're a, they're a great freaking band too. I have a trip coming up um, this spring. I'm going to not uh, Okeechobee, uh, Chickamauga. I'm going to check. Okay. Uh, yeah. and I'm, I'm stoked. I cannot freaking wait. I cannot wait. It's going to be cold. We're going in early March, but I'm so unbelievably stoked. And we had Alex Rudd on the show and he was telling me about uh, a buddy of his, uh, Caleb that, that guides out on, on uh, chick. And I, I told my buddy, uh, I said, look, I go, you, uh, you, you need to have this kind of trip in your life. You know, get out of Western Massachusetts and these little places that we've been fishing this whole time and go out and have this experience. You owe it to yourself. And we're going through this right now where he hasn't exactly told his wife yet that he's planning this trip in March and I'm giving him a deadline. I'm like, this is come on, man. Give her time to plan because it's going to be four days. You'll be out of town. I cannot wait. I There's nothing that makes me happier than traveling and just fishing new water. I think to me that's yeah. the most exciting thing really is just even if I go on a body of water, like we went with, with, with Lockwood. We went to the river out by him in, uh, in uh, Crumpton. And we were out there and we just, we had an absolute blast. And it was, the fishing was garbage. We went out <laughs> on a Sunday and there were from what i understand they had a bass tournament and a snakehead tournament on the saturday oh, wow. previous we had a massive thunderstorm roll through saturday night uh and it was just between all that they just had like lockjaw it was ridiculous and it was i think we fished for like six Too or seven hours pressure. yeah we fished for like six or seven hours before i finally hooked up on the smallest little yellow perch i've ever seen i caught him on a ned rig <laughs> and i was like hey skunks out of the boat let's go boys and you know we caught a couple it was all right but yeah my i'm going back there this summer for uh, a snakehead for sure yeah for sure. i definitely want to um after watching all the pro fishing this last year oh yeah i do want to go fish like the st lawrence river oh um yep and fish for smallies i really haven't done a lot of smallie fishing mm -hmm. i've caught one smallie in my entire life and it was a river smallie here in texas and it was tiny yeah but i was like so excited oh definitely um, and they fight like hell too those yeah, little river do. smallies they're just like all piss and vinegar it's nuts so i i, I I would love to do that to, yep. you know, see those, you know, five and six pound smallies. Like, it's just amazing to me. Oh, yeah. for sure. For sure. That was one of the, if you, I don't know if you, you heard the interview with Alex, but there was, he was telling me a story. I forget what the body water was that he was fishing, but it was him and a guy on this one boat and it, they just happened to be right place, right time where they noticed there were a bunch of these large smallies coming up from the deep water to get on beds. And he's like, oh, wow. And like within like 30 minutes to an hour, it went from seeing like, you know, 40 or 50 fish to thousands of fish like wow. moving up. <laughs> and he was like, they were just dumb. You'd see a cloud of of, of dust under the water and he's like you just flip whatever bait you had going on over there it's like one point he said he had a five on and he's holding that and the the ned flipped over the side of the boat and another fish came up and bit that he's just like it was insane and he was like it was totally like just we were right place right time like yeah. a couple of idiots just rolled up on this and i'm like that's amazing though man like that's that's the beauty of nature and he 
He said something that I thought was amazing. He goes, you're holding these fish that come up in like in bodies of water where he was. It's so vast that the likelihood that that fish has never seen a human being before is unbelievably high. Wow. I was like, wow, that's crazy to think about that. I think it was one of the Great Lakes. I don't, I don't remember exactly where I said he was, but I mean, those are just giant bodies of water. Yeah. You know? Well, especially when I'm fishing, you know, I fish Sam Rayburn a lot, which yep. is a huge lake. That's an enormous body of water. Yeah. So pressured. I mean, yeah. you know, they've got a tournament every, they've got four or five tournaments every weekend, you know, and it's just pressure I, after pressure. I have heard that Sam Rayburn has the reputation of when someone from out of town comes in and they're like, yeah, where do you think I should go and fish? They all send the new guy to Sam Rayburn because they're just like, yes, they get a lot of outside the other area. <laughs> like, because it's just beat, you know? Yeah, I do. I do love fishing Sam Rayburn, yep. though. I actually, I go down and fish there a lot um, because I, I am convinced that one of these days I'm going to catch one of those Sam Rayburn giants because yeah. they're there. I mean, oh, yeah. I remember my, my first tournament, my first BFL that I fished on Rayburn yep. <laughs> and I'm standing there at weigh in and literally there were just guys bringing in like eight pounder after eight pounder oh, and then a nine pounder. And I, I had never seen that many big bass weigh in. You know, and everybody thought they had big bass of the day. And oh, then yeah. another guy would bring in a bigger one. You know, yep. it was just like this never ending supply of these massive bass. And I was there so ecstatic over my mm -hmm. little like three pounder, you know. Still, like, yeah. And, and so what is your P B? Where where are you at? I'm I'm curious. Um, right now my personal best is six pounds, six ounces, and I caught that on Lake Fayette. And it's actually the catch and release record for Lake Fayette, um, lengthwise. Oh, um, wow. That's awesome. Weight, but yeah. it was, it was a long, a really long bass. And had I caught that bass probably a month earlier, it would have been an eight pounder. Yeah. Um, but it was 23 and a quarter inches. Oh so yeah, definitely. It was, it was a big bass. Yep. Um, but yeah, I caught it on a shaky head just out there actually with Coley. Coley was there with me. That oh day. really? She had come down to visit and, um, we went out with a friend of ours out on the boat and we were just throwing shaky heads, you know, kind yep. of working them up uh, there was a little hump in the water you know just working them up the hump and you guys did that reel where you had the shots of fireball that's yeah. right that's right i remember that yeah we had coley and i have a blast oh um, how can you not i mean i remember seeing the stuff that that you guys both posted on that trip and i'm like this is obviously like they're having the time of their lives that's obvious yeah, yeah we've actually had she's come and visited me twice oh that's um, awesome both times we've had a blast yeah and so i told her i need to go up there and visit her one of these days oh so. hell yeah we did uh it's funny i say that because like my my pb is also a six but well it's, it's i would call it a 6.7 because it was 6.66 um okay, yeah it yeah, was <laughs> it was a big one, and it was i caught it in april i caught it on my wedding anniversary oh wow yeah so i'm never gonna forget this date and so we i was i was fishing with a fellow hoodlum Christabari. And All right. and we're 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 doing our thing and I, I caught him on a jerk bait and this was a totally different situation. This fa this fish was so obese, only 22 inches, you know, but just so thick. And I'm like, "Oh yeah, she's been eating good. 
this is this yeah. is a good thing and i could not believe it but i i said to sean i was like it is possible i will never beat that pb inside massachusetts it's very yeah, that's a big that's a big bass for massachusetts it's very mm-hmm. rare like the the record bass up here is 15 pounds with a different <laughs> diet you know so it's a little bit of a different situation to catch this in western mass although there, there's a guy that we've had on before, Josh, uh, Grimlock Fishing uh, on, on Instagram, and he's a big swim bait guy. And was it, was it last year? I think he caught a 25. Wow. It was the longest fish in Massachusetts for that year. Wow. I think it was like a 25 or 25 and three quarter or something like that. It was big. And I mean, they're here, you know, it's like, but finding them, it's, it, it, it's tough. So, I mean, you're going to find your Sam Rayburn fish eventually. It's just a numbers game, you know? Yep. That's yep. the name of the game. That's wild, man. Uh, what about like your typical rod and reel arsenal? Like I know you, you do some work with, with casking, right? Casting, yes. Um, what What do you typically? How do you set yourself up? Do you have like when you're going out, whether it's fun fishing or tournament fishing, like what are you rigging yourself up with to as a go to? Do you try to do like like I do like a spectrum? I like to go yeah. like like kind of way like that, and I'm like I will cut off or switch reels or do whatever I got to do, but I'm only bringing these rods. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm a typical co angler. <laughs> yeah, okay. Gotcha. Even when I'm going to fun fish, I, I'm still in that co-angler mode, and I'm usually driving around with six rods in my car Definitely. at all times. Yep. Tonight, I actually snapped the tip off one of them in my oh. car door, so that was great. So I need to go buy me a new flipping stick. But um, Oh, shucks. <laughs> oh, shucks. <laughs> need a brand new flipping stick. Uh, yeah, I literally, you know, it was one of those things. I was trying to pull three rods out at once, and of yep. course, my longest one, which was my flipping stick, oh, yeah. the car door closed and just took the tip right off <sighs> but um <laughs> but yeah so i usually i usually plan for a variety mm-hmm. um you know because you never know what's going to happen when you're out there like it's I, don't, true. I don't like to i don't like to have a complete set game plan i like to go into fishing you know there's the whole theory about not catching yesterday's fish yep. and yeah i'm a firm believer in that to kind of fish on the fly and figure out you know what's going on in that moment mm-hmm. and fishing what's in front of me rather than fishing you know what i fished the yesterday yeah um and of course you know you have your baits you're going to go to and you know what body of water you know is what works good in that yep. body of water but um i typically try to keep an open mind when i go fishing and so usually yeah i'll have rigged on like a Texas rig always, um, you know, the weight depending, you know, I may have a heavier, yeah. heavier, like half ounce weight, or I may have a, a quarter ounce weight, or I may even have, you know, I go all the way down to 16th sometimes. Yeah, definitely. Um, so it just really depends on the circumstance, but I'll always have a Texas rig, you know, rigged yeah. up. Um, a lot of times I'll always have a, a small swim bait. Dev- that's, oh yeah. That's one of my, my go-tos, um, especially for finding fish, I mm-hmm. feel like that's a good kind of search method. Or if you find, you, you can slow roll it on the bottom. You can fish it fast. You can fish it through grass. Yep, like, we're a hundred percent on the same on the same page there. This year was a, a, a game changer for me, where I would have some type of a, a, a round uh, jig head with a uh, like a three inch swim bait, and I'd be like, I don't know where they are. I gotta find them. This is how we're gonna find yep. them you know yeah and I'll, sometimes i do jigs heads and then sometimes i do um i like a lot of weedless mm-hmm. applications with yep. swim baits yeah also um because i like to fish them a lot through the grass through the grass um, exactly 
And so I do a lot of the little underbelly weight, you know, mm-hmm. weedless hooks. Yep. Um, and let's see what else do I always have tied on. Um, I used to, I used to throw a ton of spinner baits and for whatever mm-hmm. reason, the last couple of years I have found that I've thrown them less and less. Yep. And maybe it's that I've gone to the swim bait instead of the spinner bait yep. um, or using a swim jig, you know, and that's kind of become my moving bait, uh, you know, using an underspin or something like that instead. But um, I used to always throw throw spinner baits and I don't know, I've kind of gotten away from it. Yep. Um, but a swim jig too is something that I like to throw a lot. Um, I'm getting into throwing jigs. Mm-hmm. I like a regular jig, not, not a swim jig, but you know, a classic jig. Um, I'm, I don't have the confidence in it right now. And so yeah. I'm, that's right now I'm working at it, you know, kind of throwing smaller jigs and mm-hmm. working on getting that, um, the hook set for me is a little bit different with a jig and oh, feeling yeah. that, you know, I'm used to the, the classic Texas rig. Like you feel the thump thump yep. um, of the bass and with a jig, it's a little different because they eat it different. And sometimes you don't feel anything. <laughs> and so, yeah. Sometimes you don't feel a thing. And uh, other times it, all you're seeing is the line move. Yeah, it's yeah, it's true. And, and so I'm working on, I'm working on you know, perfecting that skill. You'll so get there. Hopefully, I can use it in the my tournaments upcoming. So. Yeah, absolutely. It's like it's the same thing. I I try to explain to everybody like there's this mysticism about you know like uh what do you call it um like your standard casting jig your archie head like you know something like that where where people just they kind of put too much mystery and like magic into it like it's some sort of like a trick bait or something like that it's really it's really very simple but i feel like people think the same way about neds and they're just like like neds jigs of any sort are so unbelievably versatile like so unbelievably versatile it's crazy i know and i'm i'm not a huge ned ned rig person yeah i'd rather just texas rig it yeah Yeah. And put a smaller creature or a smaller bait on my Texas rig. I have, I'll tell you, one of the um one of the the things that I have become a really big fan of are the when I can find them, the tungsten EWG Neds. Because they're they give me a little bit more confidence to where I can say like, yeah, there's this big old brush pile down here because they've got, you know, finer wire hooks and they're a yeah. little bit more delicate. So, you know, and you're also throwing them on lighter gear too. Like if I'm throwing a jig, if I'm throwing a three eighths or a half ounce jig on 20 pound fluoro and it gets hung up uh, on, you know, on a, on a stump or, or, you know, in anything, I'm getting that back. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's just a matter of, it's not an issue, but Ned's like, because they're so much more delicate and, and the, the gear you're throwing them on is generally lighter as well. It's not always the same kind of situation. So I like throwing like a 16th or an eight ounce Ned head in that EWG, even a quarter ounce. And what I've found is I actually don't do a whole lot with them on the bottom unless I, the fish are telling me that I have to. Like, I'll experiment with that, but I don't immediately start dragging it on the bottom right away. A lot of my hits on jigs and on neds are on the fall. Yeah. It's nuts. And, and like, especially with, with like, lighter jigs. and Like, you get that slow that fall rate down, 
and it, it just it can get hammered but then again like you said like detecting the strike where how is that fish approaching this because if they hit it coming right straight toward you you're never going to see it you're never going to know it it's just going to be all yep. slack line and you're like oh shit uh yeah the minute it gets to the boat and you're trying to reel exactly you, you got to catch it you're like oh it's a good thing i've got this 15 to 1 freaking reel we're going to catch this fish no problem um Let's talk as far as, oh, this is a question I meant to ask you specifically. Uh, so you've done some some significant fishing in your life. You've been at this for a while. F you know the old saying that fishing tackle catches more fishermen than it actually catches fish. What do you think is the most ridiculous fishing tackle trend that's kind of been offered up to the industry? Oh, geez. Or I should um, say from the industry. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I used to think it was. <laughs> Oh, I love And I've this. kind of become, I, so for a long time, I refused to fish a whopper plopper. <laughs> okay. For a long time. Yeah. I just, it seemed so silly to me, like this little propeller thing. But um, I don't know if you know who Lady with Allure is. Oh, yeah. We've had Abigail, Abigail on the show. Yeah. So, so Abby, Abby's a good friend of mine. She's and, great. You know, she, she has her own. Yeah. Um, her own design of one. And I... She she finally convinced me to try it, and so I, I I've become a believer. I don't throw it very often because mm -hmm. it's just not my style of fishing. Yeah. But you know, it those kind of baits to me just seem so like gimmicky. Um, oh yeah, because because I'm I'm more of like you know kind of a old school like throw the worm yeah, yeah work a bait kind of yep. mentality uh, versus letting the bait do the work for you. Um, yeah, but. You know, I mean, I would say I would say more so um, bait, like more so lures. I, I think rigs. There's a lot of rigs that people mm -hmm. they just kind of come up with crazy stuff. And I mean, oh yeah, you know, it, it, and I always think it's funny. Like, I'll get a lot of comments on my videos. You know, if I post like a rigging video, yep. people are like, "Oh, you didn't peg your." your texas rig and oh i'm like well God. i don't Isn't that i don't nuts? always tag my texas rig yeah. sometimes i do sometimes i don't but it's actually a different presentation if you don't than if you do and yeah you know yeah exactly. are you fishing grass are you you know like <laughs> when to are interesting and i mm -hmm. think people get really hung up on on the particulars of certain things and yep. that this rig needs to be done just perfect and really when you look at it um a lot of it i think is a personal preference mm -hmm. and how you work a bait personally and how you yeah. learn to present that bait because um for instance uh there was one time i was fishing with my boyfriend and it was mm -hmm. one of the first times like we had really fished together um you know just kind of hanging out we were fishing out a pond and yep he was watching me and how i fished my texas rig and he was like i was actually gonna like comment to you about it but <laughs> then i saw you catching all these fish on it like yeah um but it's, I don't, nobody ever taught me, quote unquote, how to fish a Texas rig. Yeah. I fished it the way it worked for me. Exactly. And same thing with how I hold my bait caster. Like I get comments all the time because I have little, little hands. Um, I'm a little person, you know, Girl, I'm only. Preach. I have, I have small five, hands too. All the bait caster. You know, I'm only weird. five, five, three. Yep. So I can't hold, I can't palm a bait caster mm -hmm. it's just not natural to me so i grip it beneath the bait caster i mean i keep my fingers under it but i don't grip around it because it's just yeah. really awkward for me so i a lot of times will hold the rod 
um, rather than holding the actual reel. Yep. And, you know, I always get comments on that. So I, I think people get so hung up on those things and that you need the perfect bait or you need the perfect setup or yep. you need the perfect rig. And I used to fish frogs on a spinning reel because that's all I had. That's exactly I, it. Yeah. You know, I caught I caught a 5'11 on a popper frog, you know, on a spinning reel. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I think people get too hung up on that. And I think that's something that... I wouldn't necessarily say the fishing industry, but I would say a lot of people in yeah. the fishing world um, push is that, oh, if you don't if you don't have this rod, you don't have this reel, you shouldn't be throwing a frog. You shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't mm-hmm. be doing that. And I'm like, do what's comfortable for you. Do what's yeah. natural to you. Yeah. And, you know, maybe maybe it's not how anybody else does it, but that doesn't mean it's not going to work. Well, and you you're going gonna to find out. Like, there are so many people. It's so funny that you bring that up because I've heard from a lot of folks that'll say, you know, um, and they love to throw the example, this one example out there all the time. I'll hear folks that will say something along the lines of, uh, you know, you'll say, oh, I'm throwing this on such and such a rig or I'm throwing this on this combo, this this rod and reel combo with this line, you know, whatever it is that I'm throwing. And they'll, they'll scratch their head and they'll look at you like, what's that? uh I forget. There's a, a gif that I use all the time, and I f- forget the dude's name. Uh, John C. Riley, and he's kind of like, huh, huh. They give you yeah. that look, right? You know what I'm talking about. Um, and then everybody goes and uses this example. They're like, well, you're not going to go and do any. Uh, you're not going to go and throw a, fla- a frog on an ultralight, are you? No shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's throw. Let's talk. Yeah, I'm going to go and throw my six ounce wake baits on my five foot four ultralight with a one thousand spinning reel. Yeah, that makes any sense at all. <laughs> um, they all go to that extreme, but it's like, hey, if you know, I'm throwing. Um, like, I ha- I'll tell you what, I I don't throw, and I throw a lot of weightless senkos. I don't throw senkos on. Um, a on my uh finesse uh spinning combos anymore i throw yeah. all my weightless singles i have this one rod it's a weird size it's a seven two medium fast right that extra length up there gives you just enough little bit more play in the tip where it's it's a little bit more moderate. It's a fast, but it's a little bit more moderate. And I usually throw that. I have a variety of different reels that I'll put on here because that's what I like to do. I like to bring out different reels and spools and match them with whatever I got to do. So, like, I will go in my back pack in my kayak and I'll pull out a reel case. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, what are we? This one's a seven. Okay, that's good. This is cool. We'll change out the spool so we have 15 pound floral instead of mono or braid or whatever. Um, you know, or like I, I like to lots of times if I'm like, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I'm going to throw a braid mainline, you know, because yep. I trust my leader knots. I haven't, it's, it hasn't been an issue for me, you know? Um, but everybody likes to use that example where they say, oh yeah, you're not going to go and throw a frog or a giant swim bait on an ultralight. You're like, no kidding. But because there's no uniform, um, measurement for fishing rods, actions or powers, everything for every company is going to be a little bit different. Absolutely. And then when you factor in the angler and what they're doing, like, I really think anybody who kind of takes that attitude of like oh you're doing this it really kind of says something that like they're the one that's really pretty foolish and not understanding the relationships of all these things you know because well, the- it's funny because you know like i mentioned i'm a small person yep. and so my rod links a lot of times 
I go a little shorter, Yep. you know, than traditionally. I do like to fish uh, my Texas rig on a seven foot. I usually do a medium heavy fast Yep. is what yeah. I like to fish it on. But sometimes I fish it on a six, six, which is a short, you know, bait yeah. casting rod, but I love it. Like, I, I mean, I just, I feel like I have a lot more control. It's usually I'll do that too, if right? I'm casting shorter, yep. um, you know, if I'm going to cast it longer, you know, I'm going to use a longer rod. But, oh, definitely. Um, yeah. But I mean... For me, I just get a better control mm-hmm. with my height and proportionally that rod to me, yep. you know, and I think that's something that people don't really think about sometimes. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason we give children short fishing rods. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> because it's proportional to them. Yeah. Um, so the same thing, like, you know, my boyfriend's one. I may not use the same gear he's going to use mm-hmm. when, when we're fishing the same technique. Like, I remember the first bait caster the first bait casting rod i bought i forget the the exact model it was a lose and it was a speed stick it was a 610 medium heavy fast super tiny micro guides on this rod it's, it's bright red i still have it and i use it i've actually started using it more for but because it's a medium heavy it kind of actually gets a little bit more use than i would normally use it i'll throw with i have one reel that i'll use uh for throwing like uh walking baits lots of top waters i like to throw actually with that i like to throw ploppers and stuff um basically anything anything with yeah, like I would say walking baits are, are a good one. Even a popper, actually. I like to throw that oh, mainly because of the accuracy, because it's a little bit shorter. I'll get a, put myself a little bit closer and then I'll like drop that popper right, you know, right in a yep. very specific spot and then start working that back toward me. But I also use this rod for jerk baits. And okay. I like it because it's so much shorter when I'm, especially like when I'm bank fishing and, and I'll be honest, a lot of the time yeah, when I'm fishing. Yeah, because working that jerkbait is hard on a bank. It, it is when you're, when you're on a bank and you're like, okay, and like colder water when I'm generally throwing them most often, like in the summer, it doesn't matter. I can, I can, it, from the kayak, I can work a jerkbait, no problem, uh, especially from a seated position, just work it off to the side. It's, it's so easy, but when you're on the bank and that water is cool and I'm kind of like, okay, I have to be throwing this now. Or I, I generally, my mindset is more into throwing jerk baits this time of year in this colder water. Like that shorter rod is super helpful. But when I first started fishing, I was throwing like crankbaits on that rod. Yeah. <laughs> you know, cause, cause it's like, I didn't know any better, you know? I mean, when I first started fishing, I had one rod. Yeah. <laughs> I threw everything on it. That's like, what. It, that's exactly what it was. I was like, I had, that was it. I'm like, oh, I'll throw crankbaits on this. I'm going to throw everything. I'm going to throw crankbaits and jigs on this rod. And then eventually I started to realize, I'm like, okay, so there's, there is no one perfect rod to do, especially what I want to do. Like I've, th- this year I've gotten into big swim baits. I've also this year done fly fishing oh, yeah. for the first time. So, I mean- and like, I just bought a carp rig. I haven't even gone out yet. <laughs> I bought a twelve foot long carp fishing rod with a six thousand size bait runner. <laughs> oh my god! Never. I, I don't know. It's, it, it makes no sense. It just. I don't know. How do you even carry that? You put it on top of the car. It's it's a two piece. Oh, so okay. <laughs> it goes into a case. And actually, that's what the other thing I was going to mention. Like you mentioned breaking your rod tip. In, in, in your, so that's one thing you and I have in common besides love and passion for fishing is we both drive the best vehicle on the face of the earth. 
Yeah. Toyota 4Runners. Give I it up. Stop beating the hell out of mine. But yeah. It comes with the territory. It comes <laughs> with the territory. But I'll tell you, I have found, and I'll send you a couple of images of what I've been doing to store my rods. Because when I initially, when I bought this, I was like, yep, we're, pull, we're throwing a rod vault up on top of the roof. That's what we're going to do. It's awesome. And then I was like, I paid how much for this car? I have to get it into the car wash periodically. And I'm like, that might not be a good idea. With the rod yeah. rod locker on top. So I said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to find an alternative so I can store all of my rods inside year round with no bullshit, no issues, no, no complaining from my wife or kids or anything. And they all sit right up above our heads. Really? I found these two garment hanger bars and, uh, I've, I've seen numerous other people using them in this this type of fashion but the reason why i think they fit so well for forerunners is the the way the angles hit the little handles over the doors they just fit yeah. right inside without any hardware that middle one i could take out and it, yeah, it would be factory. i had looked at some of those setups yep. and i didn't want to drill into my car that's why i didn't i didn't get one With, so my poor kid you know my yeah. my son has to sit next to all my all my rods coming through the middle or i like I did this last time, I put them in my front seat, yeah. and then I, I parked my driveways will slope down. Oh so yeah! When I opened that door and I'm pulling out the rods, you that's got how the, the gravity slammed shut. Yep. Yeah. So I uh, yeah, I'll send you some pictures because I'm t like I think if if you're carrying that much gear you know on you and it's always in there this is a way yeah. it'll save it's a it's it's awesome you can take the rear window down and take them out that way or you just open up the back pop them right out you're good to go it is awesome yeah. and i even found these little velcro tabs that wrap around the bar to stay tight and then there's a velcro loop that will go around the butt of the rod to hold it okay. in place it's off oh, you're gonna love it yeah well, I love, I use those rod wraps and I really do like those. Oh, those I are mean, so they good. Do, They're a must. Especially for co-angling. I yep. mean, you need that to, to bundle your stuff because you're, yeah. you know, trekking here or there and everywhere with them. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You definitely need that and rod sleeves. Definitely got to have yeah. rod sleeves. It goes, so I, I used to break you know, either, um, like the, the cheap, the ceramic, uh, inserts in the guides. Mm -hmm. I used to break those all the time or busting tips on, on everything. And it was just, sometimes it would just be the rods would be going, you know, resting across my car up against the window and like the vibration up against the window yeah. would be enough to crack it. And then next thing you know, I've got little shavings of fluoro coming off and I'm like, you son of a gun. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I've had that. The, the, Especially, I mean, as a co-angler, you know, your rods are sitting next to you. And so they are yeah, getting that vibration for sure. They are. Um, so yeah, I invested in some, the really nice rod glove ones, like yep. the ones that are, you know, a They're, little thicker and better quality. Oh, definitely. The neoprene totally ones I like too, it. because they don't get stuck uh, with hooks. Hooks yeah. come right out. It's so nice. It really, really is. But I th I'm even finding like some of the other rod companies are actually starting to sell their rods with with a sleeve. Oh wow, that's neat. My swim bait rod, um, and and actually I bought my my father a, a cashin rod as well uh, for Father's Day like a couple years ago, and his his came with a sleeve as well. I was just like, this is something I wish more people would start thinking of. Yeah, because it does go a long way. Oh man, this was really great. Tiffany, this is awesome, but we do have two last like stories that we need from you. 
Okay. The first one is like that, like, let's say you're at an event, networking, or, or you're at somebody's wedding or something like that, and somebody goes, oh, so you fish. What's that go-to story that you're going to tell them? Like the thing that you're most proud of. And then the second story is the biggest. And from the sounds of it, if you've got like some of that build dance mojo going, <laughs> you might have like an absolute freaking killer for us. So um, my best story, I think it's got to be, it's got to be Ross Barnett. You know, yeah. and fishing my first bass open, um, that, that was an incredible two days. Um, but day one, you know, I had my limit by 8 a.m. And, oh, yeah. and that was the limit that I, you know, that I kept that day. Um, I never called those fish. Um, and I'd caught a four pounder almost right off the bat. And so it was just, that was just an incredible two days of fishing, you know, the second day, um, it was a, a totally different style of fishing. So the first day I caught all of my fish on a swim jig and the second mm-hmm. day, um, we ended up fishing. It, it just set up. It was one of those moments where it was like, Oh, the wind's blowing into this grass perfectly. We're right here. Hey, let's just try to stretch. And, um, I decided to pick up a small swim bait and I started throwing that swim bait into that tall grass and, Bam, you know, I caught I caught a four pounder. That's awesome. And then, and then I hooked I hooked I hooked into a big one and I thought I thought for sure I had won that tournament. And it ended up being a six pound cat <laughs> that came up. Oh wow. I mean, right in that same area. I mean the same yep. spot, you know, where I'd caught that other fish and you know, my my boater was really great that day and we worked up and down that stretch. Um, cause he was like, you're going to get your limit off the stretch. Cause he knew I was sitting at that time I was sitting tied for 10th. And so, you know, we worked that stretch back and forth, back and forth. Yep. Um, and I ended up catching my limit there and, uh, yeah, it was just, it was really incredible. And to bump up from, you know, 10th place all the way to third was a really neat experience. And I've made a ton of, ton of great friends out of, out of that circumstance. That's so, so awesome. It's, yeah. it, it really is like, and you nailed it. Like you said, your, your, your boater was, was great. Like we recently had Scott Wood on who is, I mean, you go, he's, he's, you're in Texas. He's in Maine. Same thing though. He's in a bass club up in his area and he's, well, was a non-boater. He just bought a boat. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually like two weeks after his interview boom he's like oh yeah you're gonna have to come up and, and check this out i was like holy shit good for you man but he he was i had asked him i said what what's it like everybody i've ever known that has gotten into tournaments as a non-boater has they it's it's like this balance of like you have to you have to play the hand you're dealt with the yep. boater that you're with. And I've heard some real horror stories. And I've also heard some where they're like, yeah, it's not that bad. His experience was kind of like what you said, like the vast majority of people are great, but every once in a while you get somebody that's just kind of like something about it just isn't, it doesn't mesh with you, you know? So yeah, I, I would say probably my low moment in uh-huh. tournament fishing also came this season. Um, you know, I, it was the second tournament of the season. My first tournament, I skunked, which I was pretty upset about. And it was yeah. on Rayburn, which is a lake I fish all the time. And yeah. I just, 
you know, it was a hard day of fishing and it was, I walked out of there really disappointed. Yep. Um, and, and it was like one of those horrible days of fishing where it was like rainy and freezing. And so uh, you're miserable already. And then to not catch any fish on top of it, is, that's, you know, yep. just one of those days you walk away and like, why do I do this? And then the second tournament, um, it was even colder. It was about, you know, 25 degrees out and we were fishing Toledo bend and my boater quit on me at the, (laughs) I remember this, his trolley motor stopped working. Um, it would only work one way. It wouldn't work the other way. And he, he made the statement to me, something along the lines of at this point, he's just wasting money on gas. And, um, he let me fish for one more hour Yep. and he literally sat there in the driver's seat and like pouted. Um, and I made every cast I could. I mean, I, I cast until the bitter end until yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he, he just gave up. And for me, um, being as competitive natured as I am, yep. that was really hard for me to swallow. And yeah. it actually took me like a couple of days to kind of reflect on it and, you know, take the lessons that I learned out of it mm-hmm. is that one, I, I would never, things happen in fishing. Yeah. You never know what's going to happen. Boats break down, equipment fails mm-hmm. and you can only control what you can control. Yeah. But if I'm ever in that situation, I'm ever the pro, <laughs> I can tell you, I won't make those same decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you make a commitment to take a co-angler out. You're responsible for that person as well. And you're yep. responsible for their day of fishing as well. And not that you need to, you know, tell them how to fish or tell them, you know, put them on fish or make them catch fish. Yeah, that's not but, your responsibility, but they're there but for you need a to give them, day. Yeah, the opportunity yeah. to do what they can do. And I mean, I would have been happy if he just set up in a cove and let me cast to the bank all day. I, I would have been fine with that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, or if we drift fished and just, you know, fished up and down the dam all day long, back and forth, you know, we could have done something like that. But, exactly. You know, it, those, those moments I think are, are humbling experiences. Yep. And I think for a lot of people, they have a hard time or angler, you know, when you have those circumstances mm-hmm. and you have that kind of adversity, that's, that's what makes you better in the long run. You yep. know, like. If, if everything's just easy all the time. No, exactly. Um, you don't learn you from know, it. Yeah, you're not going to have any grit in you. And and I think a lot of tournament fishing is that, is taking bad situations and making something good out of making them. Making it better. So, yeah. It makes sense. My first tournament, like, I've done online stuff in the past. Like, we do our monthly tournaments, our multi-species tournaments, and those are fun. But, like, the first tournament I had ever done, my first kayak tournament was a knockout series so it was a bracket and it was the first round and i skunked and it was the worst it was terrible um everything was stacked against me i had uh i had gone and pre-fished this one body of water i had planned to go on i checked with the director because of the cold and the um i mean this was when did we fish was it the first week of may and i think it was like i woke up and it was like 38 degrees like it was going to be cold that weekend. It was, it was freaking cold. And I was like, look, I go, I just want to put a body that I know I can call if shit goes down, uh, you know, that that's out there. And it was actually delirious that I had, I had reached out to, I was like, listen, man, you know, I, I come on out, 
fish while I'm doing this tournament, just hang out, just be on the water, you know, and, and we'll go out, we'll grab lunch afterwards. We'll do this. It'll be great. He's like, yeah, sure. You got it, buddy. The night before I'm DJing a party and I get a text from delirious. He's like, it ain't going to happen tomorrow, dude. He's like, it's coming out both ends. I am sick as hell. There is no way that's going to happen. I said, okay, I totally get it, man. It's fine. So I made a judgment call. I, I got in touch with the director and I said, look, I have to change my body of water because I need to go somewhere that's much smaller, you know? And also like I had a plan for this one body of water. If I went to this, uh, change my body of water, I also have a lot of experience over there. So I said, I can catch fish over there. It's going to be fine. But I know, like, I've gone out here solo in my kayak previously. Won't be a problem. So I go over there, and I get out there, and the first two or three hours go by without a single bite. And I'm like, okay, we're going to keep going. We're going to keep going. And I never looked at my phone to know how I was doing. Like, I just intentionally, I'm like, I set an alarm alarm on my phone for, I think it was 2 o'clock. And I set an alarm. I'm like, I'm not getting off the water until it's until this alarm goes off. And I did it. I compl- I went the entire, and it was it was biteless, absolutely biteless. Actually, I take that back. It was not biteless. I was fishing this one point, and just coming out of this little cove, coming up to the edge of this point, and there was there was a lot of bank fishing this day, and this this was the worst. These people were hitting the bank hard. They stock here for trout. This one couple, this older couple is out there. They got a couple of lines in there. And I'm working this one lay down, and I see this guy's rod fall onto the ground and get pulled into the water. <laughs> and he starts yelling toward me, Sir, sir, can you come get my rod, please? I go over and I grab my net and I scoop the rod into the hoop of the, uh, I, uh, I, the hoop, I hook it around the reel. I pull it up and I pull up an 18 inch rainbow. absolute gorgeous fish and i'm like here you go man there you go so i give him the net he takes a fish out of the net he's like oh that's great release (laughs) i'm like oh my gosh dude that's a stalker (laughs) i would have taken it (laughs) you know i could have entered it in the jigs and bigs tournament you know i'm like you got to be kidding me so yeah i i i I did catch a decent fish but it just wasn't even mine it wasn't even on my bait i'm like you got to be kidding me this is unreal (laughs) and i was you know i was i i feel like i know where i went wrong there i was way too much in my head i'm like i've got all this wood up up close shallow under the bank and some of these are pretty good drop-offs these are places where i know i will find fish so i was throwing square bills and i was throwing swim jigs and I think had I just like gotten really finessey with it and you know thrown like a Ned rigged paddle tail, like a two and a half inch paddle tail, I might have actually gotten on some fish because I had some follows on the on these square bills, but it was like it was fruitless. It just never went anywhere. Yeah. I got off the water and I was like, "Yep," because this is not how I want to spend eight hours. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I love fishing, but I love to be able to make that decision when I'm done, when it's just, it's not happening. I'm like, all right, cool. We're going to take the skunk. We'll go enjoy the rest of our day. But I'm like, now I've eaten an entire day and put the work into, and I'm too stubborn to say, screw it and walk off. When I hear those stories of people that are just like, oh, I said, screw it. I left. And I'm like, why? Yeah. <laughs> you know, because that there's always that, well, in that next 20 minutes, who knows, you could catch, I could break a PB, you know? 
Yep. Who knows? So it was, yeah, it was not interesting. I think I was throwing jerk baits. I think I was throwing square bills. And I think I was throwing, I, I want to say a swim jig as well. I think so. You know, and it's funny because in most of my tournaments that I've had, you know, pretty decent success. Oh, I've yeah. almost always kept one thing in my hand all day, you know? And so. Oh, yeah. I think you need to. It's funny how that happens. So what about the the epic, epic fail? What do you think about that? Epic, epic fail. Um, oh, let's see. I mean, we all miss fish at the boat, so I've had plenty of those moments. Yeah. But pr probably my funniest fishing moment um, is when I did fall off the boat. That's um, what I was hoping <laughs> you were going to say. So uh, I was out fishing with two two of my good friends here in Austin. Yep. Um, Jake on fishing and fish ATX, um, both really great guys, solid guys. And we were, um, you know, it was, it was, uh, summer. We were fishing Lake Austin. It, it was pretty warm outside, but Lake Austin, um, stays cold. Um, yeah. you know, it comes off the dam. And so the oh, water yeah. there is typically, you know, in the sixties, it's pretty chilly, uh -huh. um, compared to, you know, the 95 degree weather outside. Oh yeah. Um, and so we were fishing around a dock and, um, Nathan got hung up on, on one of the, one of the pontoon boats that was there on the dock. And yep. so he was trying to undo his jig from, from the dock and, um, Lake Austin is pretty infamous for wake boating and, Oh, um, say no more. And it, it gets pretty choppy out there. I mean, I always call it my ab workout because, you know, you're like constantly like, keeping your core tight so you don't you know rock with the boat but, oh yeah um, so we're there a boat starts to rock towards the dock and so i go i actually had a line in i just cast mm -hmm. i go to push off the dock and right when i did that jay moved the trolling motor oh <laughs> and so yeah it, it was like one of those split second decisions like do i try to get back on the boat like do i try to like swing my momentum back or do I just fall in the water? Yeah. And I just fell straight, you know, straight down, um, into the water rod and all. Um, <sighs> I just bought a brand new hat the day before from my favorite deli here in town. No. And yeah. So the only thing I lost was my hat. I literally like swam up with the rod, like straight up and Jay's trying to help me in the boat. And I'm like, grab the rod. <laughs> like, <laughs> forget me. I can swim. But I don't want to lose my rod. Oh, um, and so, yeah, it was, but then it was like, it was almost like a little bit of a scary situation because the boat's there, the dock's there, these wakes are still going by. Oh, know? yeah. And you don't want to get hit and in between the dock and the boat. Yeah, that could yeah. be bad and news. So, so they were, the guys were really great and helping me, you know, get back get in the back boat. Up. I was drenched head to toe. And oh, I believe Lost it. my hat. So. 60 degree water and, you know, air temps yeah. that are up nice and high. I mean, e and it, it really was, the water was like probably the most like shocking thing. Yeah, like, definitely. I mean, I can swim, like I'm not worried about falling oh, into yeah. the lake and swimming, but like yep. going from like being hot outside to like this, you know. Yeah. You take one unexpected, third like, out of that <laughs> yeah. temperature. Yeah. Oh, it's a Drink big deal. Of cold water. They talk about this all the time in kayak fishing, how like if you f dump your kayak, there's this instinctual <gasps> that happens when you hit that cold water. And oh, absolutely. That's where people get into trouble because <laughs> yep. if you're in yep. the water and that happens, 
Bye. It's it can get yeah. really really bad. That's nuts. That's that's just well, see we have a we have a, a saying for those types of wreck boats up here. We call them lake lice. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can see why. Um, it they they are everywhere yeah. um, during the summer. I mean, yeah. I've ex- I've experienced interesting things on the lakes here in Austin. I've seen planes land. <laughs> oh yeah. One day we were one day we were out there and we saw like all of these like parasailers, but they had like these jetpacks on. <laughs> Really? It, it, it sounded like we were getting dive bombed. Like they're they're just like swarm of all these like jetpack parasailers came by. You know, no kidding. It's crazy. That's like wild. I've seen all kinds of crazy stuff out there. But. Oh yeah, yeah. You spend spend some time out on the water. You're going to see some crazy stuff. This is awesome, Tiffany. I I'm so glad we we're finally able to do this. Do uh, everybody a favor and uh, let people know where they can find you to check out some of your content. Also, feel free to shout out any and every single company that you're working with. Uh, with any promo codes or anything that that people can utilize, go for it. This is your opportunity. All right, um, you can find me pretty much anywhere on Texas at Texas Bass Babe. Um, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a Twitter, but I don't really post to it. Um, but yeah, you can find me pretty much anywhere across the board at Texas Bass Babe. Um, my sponsors for 2023, I'm so excited. Um, Cast King, Yamamoto Bates, yep. um, Bill Lewis, Hawkeye Lures, who they are a small bait company, mm-hmm. um, you know, a father-son deal. And they've been with me since the very beginning before I even started tournament fishing. So oh, wow. That's excited awesome. to still have them on board. Um, Windrider, they yep. do all of my outdoor gear. Um, really great company. If mm-hmm. you haven't checked them out, they're definitely worth checking out. I think my code for them is Tiffany 20 and it's 20% off. And then nice. hooks at hoodlums, of course, of course, um, on the team there. And my code for them is Texas best babe. So, awesome. and that's a 10% off code. So nice. They just dropped a new hoodie and I got to get it. Yeah, it's, like the OD green one. Yeah, with the, the orange, green and orange. I'm like that. It matches my truck. I gotta get it. Yeah, it I looks gotta. really great. They have some really, really good looking stuff too. They they really do. I'm uh, I'm I'm psyched for what the next like what 2023 has in store for Hookset Hoodlums. I think this could be pretty amazing. And um, so Hoodlum Fest last uh, September. I know, and I had great. planned to go, but it conflicted with my tournament fishing so i wasn't able to make it but so i had a conversation with wild bill and i basically had asked him hey sean and i kind of have this idea for an event that i think i think we should just make hoodlum fest if that's all right it's it's up this way again but the lake awesome great for multi-species great to cover a lot of different uh as far as there's there's lodging we have a lot of good stuff going on lined up in fact we're thinking that instead of at the little uh party afterwards you know after all the fishing we'll Mm -hmm. do uh instead of having you know and i mean i think was it was it bill that was on the grill i think it was bill and andrew were on the grill the entire day which is awesome but we want to make sure everybody can just have a good time and not have to worry about cooking or anything like that. So we're actually partnering with a couple of food trucks. 
cool. Yeah. So it's going to be, there's going to be some variety. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. So we want to make it awesome. We'd love to have you up there. We'd love to have, like, we, we, we said, we're like, yeah, it'd be awesome if we get, like, dust so it's off. going to be September of this year? Uh, no, it's not going to be September. I think I think okay. we're, we're looking at summertime. Um, oh, awesome. is, is kind of the plan. That's that's what we're what we're looking at. So uh, we got to come up with some dates. I think was it last week? I mentioned it to Bill, and then he's super busy right now. So he's like, yeah, he's like, let's talk about it. Let's go ahead. We'll earmark this. We'll go ahead and we'll make it happen. But that's the plan. So we're, we're but we want to get the word out really in like February. So that people have plenty of time to make plans and, uh, you know, figure out what's going on. And we're also thinking that uh, most tournament schedules should be laid out in February, you know, for yeah, that next definitely. season. So we should be a little bit closer. So we'll see what happens. But, yeah, this body of water, I fished it a couple of times. It is awesome. Um, it's There's some really, really, really deep holes in here. There's pike in here. There's wow. like, oh, yeah, it is just... <clears throat> I think this could be a lot of fun. A whole lot of fun. Awesome. Yeah, be good stuff. Awesome, Tiffany. This is great. Do me a favor. If you can, send me a picture of you just holding an absolute tank, and we'll use it for the artwork for this episode. All right. And this, I, can I can handle that. This is going to drop, I think, the week after tomorrow. Okay, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Tiffany. Appreciate it. We'll be in touch, all right? Thanks so much for having me. Awesome. Take care now. Bye-bye. Oh yeah, baby. We're back at it. Jigs and bigs back at it. I sound like a freaking like nineties clubhouse DJ. We're back at it. We're right back at you. Yeah. Here's a little bit more Lisa Lisa and the cult jam. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, guys, uh, we're gonna wrap things up a little bit early. I am uh, I'm I'm going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's time It's time to send Grandpa to bed. But, Sean, what did you have to add here right at the end? Just wanted to uh, let everyone know. So for the rest of the winter, starting with the New Year's, segment three, we're going to have a little something fun going on with Bill Galactus. Yep. We're just going to do some stupid nerd talk. You guys don't want to listen to it? I don't give a shit. Neither does Bobby. Neither does Bill. We're yeah. going to have some fun. This is for us. To we're going to have some fun. Our, we're going for nerdgasms here. All right? That's what we're going for. We're going to try and keep it at subjects that all three of us have some knowledge about yep. so nobody's left out of the conversation. Yep. Bill already started making a list. It's great. Uh, so we'll have Bill hanging out with us. Uh, we're happy to have him on. And um, it's the winter time. There ain't shit going on. So we're doing stuff like this. Brace yourselves. All right, <laughs> guys. You heard it first, man. It's it's going down. I, I did something a little bit nerdy this week. Um, I did dive into uh, the She-Hulk series. Yeah. And I'm in the I'm in the rare minority. You like I think it? it? I think it's all right. It's not bad. I don't yeah. think it was bad. It's different. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure, for sure. But I love like that's the thing for me. I love when Marvel tries to be funny, like that. I like I I actually do get behind that when when they try to be funny. Mm -hmm. I like that. I can get get down with it. Okay, I'm with you. We'll talk more with Bill about that. Yeah, I don't want to say for sure. too much. I'm it's, curious it's where he is. I put a poll up on my Instagram, and I'm like, oh, yeah, people did not. I was like, you know, are you with me? You're you, you're into it or, or nah, forget about it. And a lot of people was like over 80% were like, mm-mm. <laughs> I, I didn't mind it. I, I think there were worse Marvel series. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, oh, we'll save that one for I Bill. We got, this is a talk for a cold winter night with Bill Galekis. <laughs> with, with a hot toddy. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right. I'm going to bed. You guys have yourself a, uh, a wonderful week. We will see you guys in seven days. we got a bunch of guests lined up, all kinds of good stuff happening here, and it is show season. So we're really excited about all that. If you're out there getting some fish, go ahead and tag us in your picks, guys. We would love to see these fish. Let us know if you're uh, listening into Jig Zoom Digs, and uh, we'll give you a, a shout-out on the show, too. Why the hell not? We'll see you in seven days. Have yourself a great one, everyone. Uh, like we always say, it's an ass smoke some grass. In order to play with this record, you must tune your bass to ours. Look out. several times. Listen to it from a location midway between the loudspeakers. One, two, three, bass.
enough. What will people say? say.